with Jay Leno. Start just. Yeah, you heard about this? You heard about Batman's dick? God. Do you miss Jay Leno? Uh, no, I don't. I miss there being a Jay. I mean, he didn't blow up or anything until his steam-powered car goes off. But like, right. I don't know. I like knowing that he was out there. Okay. And nobody in the late night sphere is really a, the Jay Leno. That's true. Ironically, I think Conan is probably the Jay Leno. The closest to it? <laughs> well, people would say Fallon because they don't like Jay Leno and they don't like uh, Fallon. But I think that Jay is good at what he does. Yeah. He, he was. Notice how I stopped talking after I gave Jay Leno that compliment. <laughs> but I know Seth Meyers is all in. Yeah. Yeah, you bet, man. Think. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe I have to workshop that one. What am I talking about? Um. Well, in the 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 latest issue of Batman. No. No. You didn't do your homework. I guess I did not do at my homework. all. So. Um, You're fired at the end of this show, hey. but I still need you for the show. No, DC has a black label. Oh, and doesn't okay. that already fill your heart with dread? Yes. Oh boy. Yes, it does. We need that. No. But ostensibly, it's the chance to because man, see my hands? Mm-hmm. There are bat manacles on them, and I can't tell a story with these manacles. How can I? How can I type, Robin? Right on the keyboard. The bat <laughs> keyboard with these bat manacles on. So we have to create these new walls and strictures because there's no more comics code. So there's no way to tell your kids that these ain't your daddy's comics. Right. And so the way they're doing that now is because they got rid of Vertigo and they let Young Animal die, basically, is there's Black Label. Okay. So it's like, you know, non soft continuity, uh, limited run series. Is this, the one in this case is Batman uh, colon Damned. Uh, okay. Written by uh, Brian Azzarello, Mr. Edgelord himself, mm-hmm. and illustrated by uh, Lee Bermejo. And yeah, so in this, like the Joker uh, is dead, okay. uh, and Batman is trying to investigate who killed him, and Constantine gets involved. All right. I, sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, it Doesn't does. not sound too bad. Yeah. A lot of people finishing each other's sentences, because it's Brian Azzarello. Do. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, in one scene... Batman is, uh, he's worried that there's a tracking device on him or something like that. And so he strips down and lets the bat computer scan him because there's no way that it could get through his costume. I don't know. Maybe he's got, he's worried about being scanned by other things. And so he's got a resistant costume. And in this, you know, there's a scene that we got a silhouette, you know, of what is clearly his, his, you know, the, 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 uh, this, the end of his bat belt, <laughs> the part that goes through the loop and then comes down of his utility belt. Yeah. Um, why did we need to see this? I'm going to turn that back around on you. Okay. I don't know why. I, I, I don't really know why other than um, we don't really see a lot of penises and <laughs> like art in comics. It's not comics' it's, fault. No. Um, we see a lot of um tits and ass from the ladies mm-hmm. um i guess we get some ass shots of guys but i feel and this is just my opinion and at here's the end of the day here's the end of the day for me at okay. the end of the day what's this a doesn't shrug it, doesn't make any noise yeah i don't care mm-hmm. um i mean i don't want my kid to read it right um but i don't care but it's it's more complicated than that. 
obviously. So I'm going to complain about it for, let's set the clock for three minutes okay. and uh, then we'll move on. But All at right. the end of the day, I don't care and I'm not going to make a sign for anything to, you know, protest anything. All right. And I wanted a little more of your opinion, but maybe you can, your opinion will crystallize when you hear mine. Okay. I don't think, I think that comics as an art form, mm-hmm. and it is an art form, and I don't think anybody's trying to step in the way of that. No. Has been retarded in its development by the fact that it is, its origins are something for kids. Okay. And so things like the comics code and things like restrictions kept comics in America, not in other places. Right. They figured it out. Uh-huh. In America, they've kept it from reaching that point. And so maybe someday we'll get to a point where we accept comics like that. But in the meantime, Seth Meyers will do a whole routine on the fact that you see Batman's member. And you know, it's right. not even like a, you know, eight by ten. It's just, you know, shadowy. Right. And so that's what I think that uh, the, the artist, um, Bermejo, is like. I don't, you know, it's not like this is, it would be different if J. Scott here. Okay. Here's what I think. Ready? I'm, yeah, trying, I'm, I'm trying to hold back. Okay. I think that when I first heard about this and I didn't have any context, I thought, you know what this is? <laughs> this is the end stage of comics, the juvenile nature of comics. Okay. J. Scott Campbell will draw a 999 boobs and asses. Mm-hmm. And I bet if he thought that drawing one dick would let him justify all those boobs and asses he draws, he w- he absolutely would. Right. He'd be sweating. <laughs> and he'd have to use both hands to force his hand to draw <laughs> a sexual part of a male instead of a female. But he's right. drawn many of the one. Yep. And I've already seen it come back around that like people are like, oh, look at this double standard. Did you just create the the famed double double standard are you saying that the fact that people are upset and people are upset this has been like a controversy people are upset over the fact that we're seeing explicit male nudity when there's all kinds of female nudity and we have no problem with that it's like no no right (laughs) plenty of people have problems with the explicit female nudity nudity, or at least the um constant non-stop uh, objectification of females mm-hmm. and yet so these people have somehow turned it so like we're the prudes because we don't want to see a dick ultimately i don't think that we're ready for dicks in comics okay but at the same time i think that there should be less female body parts as well yeah and i just think that it's almost like yeah it's fine and like i said the artist you look at the rest of it his art is amazing and you look at the rest of his stuff and it's not like he's some cheesecake artist i think that he heard you know, the, the cuffs are off. Sure. And we want this to be art. And so he started drawing and he thought, no, this seems like fine. I think that he had good intentions when he did it. I mean, he'd have to know the climate and the, um, you know, every artist has to take into account the medium that he's working in right. and the cultural you know conditions of the artistic conditions of what he's creating. Mm-hmm. But I think he thought, you know, it's, yeah, fine. Why not? A lot of people don't have a problem with cheesecake with women and yet they're upset about seeing a male member yeah i think (laughs) i don't know what's in those people's minds right and i don't think it's i think that's a false flag i think it's a false narrative okay i think the people who complain about boobs are generally not the people that are complaining about the dick okay i think it's men who don't want to see batman's dick yeah i think you're probably right and if you try to take their danger girl you know or their jim balant Catwoman, or their tarot away they would scream and cry uh-huh. So okay. I don't think that at all. Okay. But I think that in this kind of edgelord kind of culture where it's like, oh, it's so, so edgy 
And Azarello is like known for this, like 100 Bullets, a lot of stuff goes on in 100 Bullets. You couldn't make 100 Bullets in a world where we've got a comics code. Sure. I just think that once you, it's fine, like I said, fine, shrug, I just let it pass, I don't care. Mm -hmm. But once you, everybody assimilates this, you might think we're in for a lot of dicks, we're not. We're in for a lot of tits. You think that's a uh, automatic response to this? Yeah, I think once this is accepted, then all the people who have been drawing the, the shape of nipples through fabric uh-huh. in a book that doesn't have comics code or isn't uh, Marvel DC will just—I think we're off to the races. Oh. In this case, okay. I think one dick is worth a thousand tits, and I'd love for that to be the title of this episode. <laughs> I'm not sure we can get away with it. Yeah, um... and plus it'd be hard to search for <laughs> on the internet. That is that is also true. So I'm fine with it, but I think that it reveals I don't think there's anything to I don't think there's anything to uh, discover uh, 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 about the creative team in this, except what we already know that I'm pretty sure one guy didn't care either way. And the other guy was probably like, oh, you draw a dick. Awesome. Yeah. Right. I'm Brian Azzarello. Right. I think it reveals a lot about the industry and the audience in the way that the uh, reactions are coming. That we this has been made such a big deal out of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I don't really care that much that they drew Batman's dick. I guess it's I my my question kinda goes to why did they do it? Um Well and, and the defenders are like and I don't mean I'm not putting him in a camp. I'm just seeing people who defend it say, Well, it's an artistic choice because uh-huh. he is scared. In this moment, and I, don't, I haven't read it, He's so I don't vulnerable, know. That's yeah, sort of thing. it's it's about his vulnerability. Okay, I'm like, I could show vulnerability without showing, showing somebody's genitals, but probably. I guess I understand the, that argument. Yeah, I feel like that's I can't remember the Latin term, but it's an argument that you make, you know, after the fact. Mm-hmm. Expose my <laughs> It's an argument out of something else, right? Like this has already happened, so let's come up with an argument for it, right? I'm not sure that Bermejo would be like saying the same thing but maybe huh um i guess i just um i my my question is still i guess i'm left wondering why this happened and um i i I don't i'm not i'm not upset by it um good i just i i don't understand why it happened i guess is what i'm falling back on exposure so to speak okay yeah i think dc knew that this would you know any press is good press it would create buzz i don't think they knew that they were going to be on stephen colbert no and they've already reacted by censoring the digital versions which in this day and age with collectors being not what they were and limited print runs that is the version that will survive you know 100 years from now we'll see that we won't see what we're complaining about but I think it was a little more than they were expecting in terms of notoriety. Uh-huh. I'd heard for a long time they had planned to have release a R-rated version of the Sean Murphy White Knight book that they just had. Okay. That was going to be probably some Joker dick and some Harley Quinn boobs. Okay. And they're not going to do that now. Because of the way people have reacted to this? Well, they have to show some pulling back in order to be seen as responding to this. I see. But that's their first instinct because they want to play with the big boys, but they're not ready to act like big boys because they've spent so much time and they were almost destroyed as an industry thanks to 
this really big deal that happened in the 50s where there were like Senate hearings. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. But that was like 70 years ago. Yeah. So you think like if you're going to put a dick in your book, you better stand up and go, we stand behind our artists. Right. And but be they ready didn't. to accept the consequences. They, they caved immediately. So now I seem like I'm coming back around on that dick. <laughs> but like I said, I'm ambivalent. I don't care either way. I just don't want to see comics get negative press. And I'm totally cool with, uh, because they've done this before. People go, oh, so much dick and Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think suppose there's, that's true. I think there's a, it's a little more justified in terms of the character than it is it's for, a, for the, Batman. But I also think that that was an Alan Moore. And as Alan Moore's legend has grown retroactively, everything he does seems like the work of an artist. Also, Dave Gibbons just put it out there, so to speak frankly and people might titter about it a little bit and we right. have to have the conversation again when we're going to do a Zack Snyder movie right which by the way talk about one dick is worth a thousand tits uh-huh gotta patent that <laughs> but I think that like DC needs to take responsibility for this and if they really want to have adult comics fine but let's make the decision that they are on the top shelf they're black bagged Right. And we make sure that they don't get in the hands of the kids who still make up 80% of the audience that goes to comic stores. Right. No, I agree with you. But there is no chain of responsibility in terms of that going down to... And I don't want regulation. No, of course not. But you can't walk into a 7-Eleven and have the guy sell you a hustler if you're you know, a kid or something. Like that. That's not going to happen. Right. But comics, who knows? Yeah, because... People think of comics, like you said, as being liberal Puritan is what I call myself. (laughs) I've got the buckle, the hat, the the belt on my hat. Okay, but it's like askew a little bit, (laughs) and it's like a it's like a snakeskin belt. All right, you're you're a cool pilgrim. Yeah, I'm the cool pilgrim. Yeah, cool pilgrims. (laughs) There's our title. So anyway, um, I doubt there will ever be any updates (laughs) about this story. I think this is probably it until the next time it happens. Do you think it's going to be Fantastic Four's <laughs> Mr. Fantastic's dick? Yeah, I know, right? You could secretly put Mr. Fantastic's dick in every panel. It could just wind its way <laughs> through. He's stretchy, it's you like see. A, it's like an Easter egg. He's stretchy. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's like the opposite of an Easter egg. <laughs> it's like a chicken's dick. I don't know. Oh, my right. goodness. <laughs> so um, that's the kind of thing that this has created, yep. this kind of talk. Uh, going to be a lot of talk on this show. It's going to be a ruminative show this week, and I think we're going to kind of front load it. We have okay. a lot of things to talk about specifically, and then our quote-unquote feature will probably be the shortest part of the show as we have a general discussion, which is really the opposite of Batman's dick. It's going to be Marvel's <laughs> ovaries. Yeah, you're right. Mm, we're just spitting out titles left and right, aren't we? <laughs> so we'll have to, that'll be a decision that I'll have to make okay. when I'm mixing this. But Tough decision. Yeah. Uh, we are the Just Enough Show podcast. I'm your host, Caliban. Joined, as always, by my co-host. Hi, I'm Ikan Hana. And Mr. Fantastic Stick just sneaking its way oh. through every oh, minute of this thing. Great. <laughs> Making a rustling sound oh, through the leaves. No. Strange. Very strange. <laughs> Uh, we're going to blow through the news real fast this week. Uh, we also have a few things to talk about. Uh, we have a review of the new series Maniac on yes. Netflix mm-hmm. uh, and more details about that to come. Suffice it to say, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone are d- doing that eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Yep, pretty much. Only in 80s Norway. Yeah. That is eating sushi. 
if yes. a anthropomorphized 80s Norway could eat sushi, a little flecks of rice in its beard, uh-huh. its blonde beard, that's what, that'd be the show. That, yes. that was our review. So we can just move on, I guess. <laughs> That um, we're going to continue our feature of looking at Fantastic Four by looking at Fantastic Four 2. Yep. Fantastic Four are back and we're talking about them. That's right. That is right. <laughs> and I guess that I'm, I'm hosting right now. And uh, at the end of the show, uh, we'll be talking about, how do you want to even title um, this discussion? I, I don't know because I don't want to label it. Marvel ovaries. Mar- Marvel ovaries could work. Um, I don't want to label it strong female characters, but... I think we need to come up with a different term or a yeah, different phrase. That's not, don't overpromise. That's not going to be the end of our right. segment. We've solved that problem. Yeah, I know. But we that are, is a problem. We are going to be looking at strong female characters mm-hmm. in genre entertainment through the lens of Captain Marvel. Yes. Which the trailer for which has come out recently. Yes. So we'll be talking about that trailer, talking about the backlash. Or front lash to it. Um, sure. Lovers and haters mm-hmm. uh, on both sides. Um, a lot of good people on both sides. <laughs> Terrible. And uh, talking about that and looking at the concept of a strong female character, what it means, and maybe an alternative look at the idea of a strong female character. Sure. Do you want to talk about our mysterious power over the news? Um, we seem to have this power over the news when we talk about something or somebody stuff happens. Yes. So we put feelers out there. We talk about somebody yes. and they die. And they die. <laughs> we we talk about uh, Henry Cavill, you know, might not be Being long for this uh, Superman world. Yep. Out. Yep. And last week we talked about jokingly, jokingly about how Captain Marvel needs to smile more. Yep. And... Captain Marvel's smile should be writing a check to Batman's dick. I know, right? Because that was all anybody was talking about up until the point that the bat tights came off. Yes, you're absolutely right. And so what I thought was, we need to weaponize this power. Okay. So before we get into the news proper, let's pretend that we're discussing some stuff that we want to see come true. Oh, gosh. Okay. So first of all, uh, I can't wait. Uh, I got a real good feeling that... Farscape is going to be revived soon. Okay. I know Brian Henson has been drinking a lot of energy drinks. Uh-huh. And I've heard a lot of sewing coming from the puppet room. <laughs> and uh, all the Claudia Blacks looking for a job. Okay. So sure. I think this could be real. Okay. That sounds that sounds good. Yeah. Look forward to reporting on that um, next week. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to... Um, there being a new uh, Spider-Gwen series coming out and um, what's-his-name is going to come out of retirement and uh, draw Spider-Gwen again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a real safe one. <laughs> you think so? Well, I mean, he's already sort of gone back and forth on that actually being a thing. I know he's got like a new property that he's working on. Well, but... I really hope it comes true. Yeah. I think that, oh boy, ooh, I follow him on Twitter, but you know things get lost in your feed, so yeah. I haven't seen, but I wonder what his response is to, to this whole Batman's thing. To Batman's dick. Yeah. Yeah. To Batman's dick. This is just, I mean, how do we not, it's just called Batman's dick. I know, Just right? for SEO, right? Yeah. Um, 
Because he was a real uh, soldier in the whole war against Frank Cho. We all remember that was episode yes. 12. Remember that? Yes. The war against Frank Cho. <laughs> uh, and so he was a guy who was, I thought, pretty even handed in his criticism of Frank Cho. And then, of course, Frank Cho said, you know, called him a prude and a censor. And right. Don't mess with Robbie Rodriguez. The guy can take care of himself. I, yeah, I know, right? But I think that part of his wanting, not wanting to work with Marvel anymore is just being fed up with like the culture and stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully things change. We'll I see. Hope so. Female president for Marvel ever happen? Will it ever happen? That would actually be pretty cool. Um, hmm. I'm going to erase one that I had planned and just say that. Um, Kevin Feige, you know? What? No. Wearing the hat? <laughs> no, no. I mean like. You know, on the comic side. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that would be good, too. Joe Quesada steps down and yep. somebody else comes in. Yeah. Who would it be? I have Can no you idea. even think of any female executives? No, I <laughs> or can't. Or high-level creatives that could step into the role. At Marvel? I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of sad. It's a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. Yep. Batman's dick. <laughs> <laughs> see, see how it's not just as easy as to go. Hey, is this gonna do? We want to censor me? That's not. Yeah. It's so much more complicated. Than it that. is. And it's so you look stupid trying to say that it's that simple. Yeah. Here's something that I'm excited about. I'm yeah. excited that in Captain Marvel, we're gonna find out that Nick Fury is really old and has been around since World War II. Nice. You see? Yeah. He. he Looks, I don't even know what age he is in real, in real life. Yeah, I he know. He looks amazing. He always has. He looks constantly, you know, 43 or whatever. Right. And we find out in Captain Marvel that he's near the end of his time with S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, he's served since the war, right? Right. So he's in his mid-50s. And he's getting ready to knock it off and just go golf or something like that. And then he meets Captain Marvel and yada, 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 Infinity Formula. Right. And he's still kicking them. In uh, 2012 <laughs> with the Avengers. Yes. He's re-energized. Yes, absolutely. By the energy that that vibrant, emotional, expressive young woman is bringing to <laughs> this. Don't let it off. Save it. Save it. <laughs> oh, okay. Anything else you're looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to an actual Black Widow movie starring Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, that's going to be great. Um, It's going to be off the chain. <laughs> People still say that, right? Can I give my pitch? <laughs> yeah. Black Widow movie, first one, 60s period piece. Okay. This is why we need Nick Fury to. Thanks for having yours tie into mine. Sure. This no is why problem. we need to have Nick Fury be old because we find out that ScarJo's old too. Sure. And they've left it ambiguous because I know it's Russia, but when she's in the Red Room or whatever, they've got those old, dowdy Eastern Bloc clothes right. and stuff like that. And we know the Red Room was around right after World War II because of Agent Carter. Mm hmm. So, 60s period piece, right? Mad Men with guns and stilettos and high heels and daggers and blood. And Absolutely. Yeah. And then success, clearly, it's a ScarJo movie. Second movie, ScarJo's $35 million a picture. We got to get rid of her now, right? Contract's over. New side contract for the Black Widow movies. Main Marvel contract already done. So, we have set in the present day. She's thinking about wrapping it up, thinking about, you know, maybe it's, it's time to wrap it up. Sure. And then, uh-oh, here comes Yelena Belova. She's the hot new Black Widow, and she's uh -huh. going to show it, show her how it's done. Uh-huh. Now, I hate Yelena Belova. Everybody hates Yelena Belova. But this is the movies now. We can change things around. Sure. And people can't last forever. And so we go through this movie. They're competing. They're both trying to get this job done. Finally, they earn each other's respect, and... You know, late in the third or second or early third act, 
ScarJo sacrifices herself, you know, to save Anna Belova, who we get somebody really good. You know, we get a Margot Robbie or like we get another marquee star. Sure. And she takes over the mission and she completes it. She's like, oh, I'm going to miss her. I'm going to miss her. She taught me everything I knew. <laughs> and we go forward with that's our new blonde that's black widow. That's our new ScarJo. Yeah. Okay. All right. That that's works. Do it. Yeah. We, but we need Black Widow's Winter, Winter Soldier. Yes, absolutely. That's the title. <laughs> Black Widow's Winter Soldier. Okay. She's more of a, an autumn, though. <laughs> Black Widow's Autumn Soldier. Yeah. Well, I got one more that uh, I'd like to share. Um, Go for it. It's really sad that, uh, well, it's actually good news, bad news. Alex Kurtzman won the lottery. He oh. hit Powerball. Okay. $800 million. Wow. But yeah. it's on his way to pick up the ticket. He was hit in the head, specifically in the Braca's area of his brain, and he can no longer form full sentences. <laughs> so it looks like his writing career is over, but it's going to be jet skis all the way down from oh here on. Oh, my gosh. For old the Kurtz. For the Kurtz. Yep. Oh, my goodness. little good news, bad news. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I think he's compensated by the universe in this case. All right. That sounds good. Am I wishing mutilation on a man? <laughs> Is that okay? Um, I would like there to be an actually good Justice League movie. Um, and what the hell? Let's throw Hot Girl in there because that would be awesome. Who's your Hot Girl? Oh boy, you would ask me that. Would you Um, take? Would you take a Michelle Rodriguez? I would. I almost think she's a little almost too tough. <laughs> because Hot Girl oh, is tough. Okay. But you want her to be vulnerable. First too. we were, first they came for Batman's dick. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say no if it meant I got a Hawk Girl. But... Well, that's how Hollywood works. Right. <laughs> we finally got a blank movie, but blank is going to be in it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like when we were all not super excited that Ben Affleck was going to be Batman, and then he turned out to be okay. Or like, Captain Marvel movie. Yeah, I know. Let's talk about the news. All right. We were talking about the house with a clock in its walls. I predicted failure. Yes. And I was not right. (laughs) Surprisingly. Well, it's not... A runaway success, but it ain't bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty-seven million. Uh, I think they're going to end up with for this weekend, which is uh, not terrible no. for a mid-September film. Mm-hmm. And I think you could predict that with good word of mouth, it's only going to continue into spooky times, right? In October, so which I'm kind of surprised it didn't come out more in October than September. They want to get ahead of things, I guess. Probably a lot of horror movies to compete against, although it's a kids' movie. So it is a kids' movie. Who knows? A lot of bad reviews. Pretty much generally universally negative. Yeah. Um, I I read a commentary piece about it, um, and they were saying that they wished that kids' films are as di- were as a diverse as the books that they're based on. Oh yeah. That they tend to kind of it's the it's the film people, not the the people who not the authors of the books who make it more like a cookie cutter experience. And uh, they they said it kind of like they had a lot of cheap jokes in it, yeah. Um, a lot of poop jokes, poop jokes, yeah. Um, that I don't think were as prevalent in the book, and uh, 
they said it had kind of a spooky charm that the book did and and this it movie had the spooky charm yeah oh the book does the book and does the movie does not have the spooky charm. no not really um i had a spooky charm yeah uh, on my bracelet <laughs> also christmas and easter <laughs> it's not really that funny well, it's kind of funny um, they said that the relationship between Kate Blanchett and Jack Black was uh, the most authentic, authentic like piece of the whole film. Really? And um, right. their healthy like little competitiveness with each other and um, it was totally a platonic relationship was kind of refreshing, they said. Oh, it wasn't like they had there's a chaste kiss at the end no. or something like that. Uh-uh. Well, there's always a sequel for that. <laughs> Let's just blow through the DC news real fast. So okay. the Joker and Harley Quinn movie, it has been described as Bad Santa mixed with This Is Us. What? The writers of the film, the Joker and Harley Quinn film. Yes. They've described it as Bad, bad Now we're doing Carson. Bad Santa mixed with uh, This Is Us. Weird. It's wild. That, that's, that is weird. And that puts a weird taste in my mouth. And it also makes it sound gross. <laughs> You know? Uh, it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, one of the guys that wrote uh, Crazy Stupid Love, uh, John Requa, is one of the writers. He's basically okay. the guy that said that. Okay. Crazy Stupid Love is well, two out of three is not bad. <laughs> or maybe it's just stupid. What's the joke there? I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's by Dan Fogelman, of course, the guy behind This Is Us. So it makes sense that he'd okay. say that. Right. I haven't looked it up, but I assume that Rec was, you know, like a staff writer for him. Right. Uh, fun fact, his feature movie that came out recently with Oscar Wilde, not right, but fun. <laughs> That's their couple name. <laughs> and uh, Olivia Isaac uh -huh. uh, is uh, bad, universally bad reviews for that, too. Really? And then he pulled the old... Uh, it's not a movie for the critics. It's a movie for fans of emotionally manipulative films, not critics of emotionally manipulative films. <laughs> I consider myself a fan of emotionally we're under manipulative attack. films. We are, you and I, critics, are under attack. Yeah. So let's keep criticizing things. All right. Sounds good to me. That sounds stupid. Yeah. Here's something that I don't have enough background. Uh, maybe it's good. I don't know. Uh, an actress named Breck Bassinger has been cast as Stargirl, Stargirl in the DC Universe Stargirl show. Okay. She's appeared previously on School of Rock, The Goldbergs. I don't think she's had a lot of uh, starring roles. All right. Seems to be the pattern for these DC. teeny, well, Marvel, too, like Cloak and Dagger and Runaways, like these teeny um, cable shows uh, for comic properties. You get yep. a bunch of unknowns. I don't know that much about Stargirl. Is she an interesting character? Not as much as Starman. Okay. But yeah, sure. Okay. Why not? All right. Did you know that uh, the Joker, as we've seen uh, last week, we talked about seeing um, what, this guy, this Joaquin guy, Phoenix. Commodus, uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. Uh, in his character of Arthur. Yep. Uh, set photos have leaked of the Joker in full makeup and costume. I saw the full makeup. What do you think? I I think it it. Um, I, I don't know. I hope they're just sending it out there to get feelers from, from people. Um, it reminds me of uh, the Heath Ledger Joker, but more clowny, like more Bozo the Clown. Yeah. It, so, right. Bozo the Clown looks like a, yeah, it does. It looks like a classic sort of clown. Yeah. Um, you're looking at a picture of it now, the full costume. Okay. 
Yeah, that's a traditional like, to me, Joker outfit. And maybe this matches your color palette. You know, I mean, you can make whatever decision you want. It's not a bad one necessarily, but it's like they flipped it because usually it's like dark purple uh, or like green suit. And they yes. went like inside out. So it's like purple, like plum colored suit, yellow coat and green shirt. Yes. And it usually seems like it goes the other way or at least it's just mixed around in um, so comic or uh, or uh, cartoon adaptations. Yeah. So. I've seen it mixed around for sure. Um, I I don't I don't know. He doesn't look scary. Um, he, he looks, looks scary. Creepy. He looks scary in the way uh, a homeless person. <laughs> be careful, or just somebody you don't know on the street at night in a place that isn't familiar or safe for you looks. Right. You know what I mean? I think I do know what you mean. I was about to criticize how sloppy his makeup is, but I almost think that you would be less scared of somebody whose makeup was uh, fastidiously uh, geometrically applied because it would be clear that that person is a performer or works for somebody. But if you saw this guy with his runny makeup slouching up towards you on the street, you'd be like, (laughs) I don't know if this person's okay. And if they're not okay, I don't know if I'm okay. Right. I don't feel safe right now. So for that reason, I think it's scary. What I want to know is, does he have fronts? Think about him in real life. Are his teeth that bad in real life? I hope not. They just look janky. I don't have any other words for you. <laughs> just kind of janky. Janky is a perfectly usable word. I don't like his janky teeth. <laughs> well, it looks like the Birds of Prey movie is into its casting phase. Okay. And here are some of the actresses that they are looking at. Oh. This is all per the Hollywood Reporter, so okay. I trust it. Uh, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, who was in the Cloverfield Paradox, uh, that right. Netflix movie. Uh, Journey Smollett-Bell from Friday Night Lights. Uh, they're both in the mix for Black Canary. And apparently Janelle Monet is also in the running for Black Canary. So they took Black Canary and Whoa. they went, oh, Black Canary. And I'm right. like, like the representation, hate the literalism. <laughs> Yeah, like it's not it's not Black Panther, but uh, but then maybe that's treacherous water to tread. I um, kind of out of these, I mean, they're all good actresses. I'm kind of on the Janelle Monae side. Really, I think that might be a good idea. Huh? If you're just Have gonna her sing, if you're just gonna to- yeah, well, yeah, right. I mean, if you're gonna shake it all up, and if you're gonna use the new sort of recent characterization of Black Canary as like a you know punk singer or whatever, sure, go with that. Yeah, that could be interesting. Get her teacher to. Can she kick? Can she high kick? She probably dances and stuff, right? I bet she dances. Yeah. So get out there and just kick it. Yeah. That's what I think that they should do for that. Okay. Looks like the role of Huntress. They're testing Margaret Qualley from The Leftovers. Kristen Milioti, who is your mother from When We Met Your Mother. Okay. Right? Sure. Say sure, but do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I, I know they show like the actual mother yeah. in the She was series. also the sexy baby in 30 Rock. Okay. That's what I know her from. And then Mary Elizabeth Winstead from a bunch of stuff. Okay. And he picks amongst those. I'm not super familiar with them, so I guess I would just want somebody who could... Um... I like that Helena in at least Justice League Unlimited, which is my... <laughs> probably chief interaction with huntress yeah i like that she is tall and see like she's taller than question yes you know like she's she seems like a presence yes a physical presence uh-huh. which kind of knocks out christian miliati okay who's a great actress all but right margaret qualley i think would be perfect but 
She's in a movie. I can't remember what it's called now. She, things are happening for her, and I almost don't want her to get genres <laughs> stuck in the genre. <laughs> run, run, girl, <laughs> run from these horrible <laughs> kitty movies. But who knows? And Mary Elizabeth Wynn said, uh, "Okay." Very unimpressed by her. All right. Not a huge fan. All right. Smashed. <laughs> Looks like Renee Montoya. They're looking at one day at a time. Star Justina Machado uh, and Robita, Roberta Calendres. Okay. From the Deuce. I still, I still don't know who I don't these know actresses are. Either of those shows. No. So, yep. Okay. Is um. And one more. Oh, okay. They want to cast a Cassandra Kane now. Give up. Abandon all hope right now. You're not going to get what you want. Okay. But she, they want an Asian actress, and they're going young. They're going like 12 years old. Whoa. So these could these things could fit. Our Batgirl, Cassandra Kane. Okay. But we need a 12-year-old Asian girl who's ripped and can, you know, talk about kicking. She can kick. Right. And she's willing to never talk. <laughs> Not a lot of actresses are like, sign me up for, hey, no lines to learn. Right. Well, I guess that's a plus, but yeah. Um, hmm. That's a, that's a tough one to, to nail down for sure. Um, is Harley Quinn going to be in it still? Yes. Okay. All right. I guess. Okay. And it will be, uh, what's her name? Margot uh, Robbie. Yes. Uh, we talked about Batman's dick. It looks like that's all of our DC news for now. Let's flip over to Marvel news. All right. Did you remember at all that there was an Eternals movie in the works? No, I did not. <laughs> well, there still is, believe it or not. Okay. Yes. Marvel has tapped a director. Uh, the director is Chloe Zhao for their Eternals film. All right. What is, else has she done? She has done a couple things. Um, they've been small. Uh, probably her best uh, reviewed and most recent film was a film that debuted at the Sundance Film Festival called The Rider. Okay. And she has been on, uh, you know, that w- those lists of people to watch, the up-and-comers. Sure. Um, this is, I think, twofold. There's two things we're seeing here. One, we're seeing a continuation of the whole Marvel Disney get them while they're young type thing absolutely uh that we did with Bowden and fleck and um peyton reed to a degree actually peyton reed's old forget i said that um and also we're getting this commitment to females and female not only stars characters but also directors actors and storytellers well i think that's uh, a plus i hope she does well with it yeah i hope so as well but we don't know anything else okay or if this will even be a movie all right seems like when marvel says we're gonna do something we get some form of that yeah dc is just absent dad blowing in the wind lots of promises yeah you're gonna play catch with me uh-huh uh well anyway uh speaking of committing to uh females and female representation it looks like abc is committing to a female marvel superhero show oh really yes okay all like- we know is that uh alan heinberg who co-wrote the wonder woman movie and was a co-creator of the young just or young justice young avengers although okay. now i see where that came from sure with uh kieran gillen uh, will be writing on the show. Oh, okay. And executive producing. And the show will feature lesser known characters. All right. So who's that going to be? Uh, um, does Squirrel Girl count or do we have to go? She's on a show already. All right. Isn't she? I don't know. Um, let's see. Marvel lesser known characters. Um, Here's my pitch. And my pitch is, I don't think it's a good pitch, but I think it's what it's going to be. I think they're going to do Marvel Divas. 
Okay. Here's the problem with Marvel Divas, though. Number one, it's very offensive. Uh, number two, almost all those characters are tied up in other stuff. But okay. Marvel Divas was, <laughs> it was pitched as a Sex in the City type show, right? Okay, it's like, sure. we work hard, but we play hard, mm-hmm. right? Uh, damage controls here to take the villains away. Let's get Cosmos, girls, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Pillow fights and ice cream, like the uh, David Kelly <laughs> Wonder Woman show, right? Sure. And the main people in the book were Black Cat, Firestar, Photon, a.k.a. Monica Rambeau, and Patsy Walker. So we were losing Patsy Walker. We don't have Black Cat. I don't know where Firestar is. We should do a Firestar thing. Yeah. And they're clearly grooming Monica Rambeau to show up in one of these films someday. Okay. So it's not going to be on TV. All right. So instead, you got to wipe all that and do what? Where is the She-Hulk show? We've talked about oh, this a yeah, million times. For sure. She-Hulk. Bring David Kelly back. Yeah. And be like, stop screwing around. I don't know what you're doing. Knock it off. <laughs> right. It, imagine that we'll, we'll get you a Callista Flockhart type. Sure. Right? Little, mm-hmm. yellow, different, small little girl. Right. Right? Becomes big. Adrian Pilecki. Yeah. Big. I'd even, we're talking about trading things. I'd even let them cast Adrian Pilecki, put on 25 pounds of muscle, and she'll paint her green. She could be She Hulk. Sure. But that's the whole thing. It's a lawyer show. She's doesn't know about stuff and she's got dancing babies and she's wearing her pajamas right <laughs> but then she gets pissed off and Bruh. yeah no that's a good idea and then so she's out on the town with hercules at night by day she's a mousy girl in the courtroom no i like that what's uh, your pitch um i don't know what about like a kitty pride show now that we've got um fox um is that like too mainstream kitty pride agent of shield or um, Kitty Pride's magical dream adventures with Lockheed. Ooh. Or Kitty Pride, romance you know, triangle, Colossus, Pete Wisdom. Or Kitty Pride, Wolverine sidekick. Or Kitty oh Pride. Oh my God, these are all great fairy ideas. Fairy tale fantasies. Um, I guess Kitty Pride, Agents of Sh- of Sword. <laughs> um, I guess like Agents of Shield or um. Careful. Uh, or uh. Uh, maybe Wolverine sidekick recast Wolverine. Um, I'm not seeing TV here. You're not seeing TV. Okay. They don't. Th- their thing is like they won't waste a marquee character on TV. And my thing is, how are you going to get people to watch a show? Right. It's the Batman thing. Right. Batman was 1966 was wildly popular for its time. But they didn't have a way to make enough money to justify spending money on it. They, they wanted to do it cheap. That's why as the show goes on, suddenly he's fighting Joker on a soundstage with windows hung in front of the black velvet curtains. And apparently this is a room somehow. Right. But now that you can merchandise and you can do all this other stuff and have short films on YouTube and podcasts and there's all these ways to monetize it. I mean, you could do it spend a moderate amount of money on it and then reap the rewards in other ways. Mm -hmm. But sorry, Jessica Jones isn't a big enough name to really bring people to it. So, Right. Um, I'm trying to think if there's like another like X-Men character or something like that. Um, I don't know, like would Rogue be too big? Perfect. Okay. She's sucking all kinds. No, here's why that wouldn't work. Okay. Because you'd have to have a lot of people on whose power she could take. No, but it right. could work because you just get a bunch of crappy villains. Yeah. Nobody ever cares if Absorbing Man 
shows up on the screen. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you could have Absorbing Man, although he does the same thing. Ooh, they suck each other's powers. Ooh. Oh, they switch bodies. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take a shower. Don't. <laughs> Don't do it. Dumb. Uh, here's another interesting bit of news. Speaking of Marvel TV, it looks like Loki and Scarlet Witch and possibly some other heroes are going to get their own TV series on Disney's streaming service, which I don't think has a cool name yet, but you got to get on that. Yeah, they better work on that pretty quick. Um, I heard about that. I'm I'm intrigued. My interest is piqued. Um, I would watch a Loki TV show, especially if Tom Hiddleston was still playing Loki. Well, I think that's the next part of the story. I think this means Tom Hiddleston really is gone. Which makes me really sad. Because they're not gonna he's not gonna do TV. No. I mean he'll do BBC TV. Right. With House, but uh-huh. um yeah, that's not a good for no. that. And I think we can say goodbye to, to Scarlet the Olsen Witch. twin too. Okay. Triple it. <sighs> I I would speaking of agents of things, I would watch a Loki Agent of Mystery Kid Loki show right now. Where is that? I don't know. The Scarlet Witch show, what do you do? She's hanging out on Wondagora Mountain. Do you bring Agatha Harkness and all the mystical stuff in? Yeah, I don't know. Do you do her in Vision? I'd watch a Vision Scarlet Witch show. Sure. Based on the wackadoo Englehart comic books from back in the day. Do you bring Quicksilver back and like do a show with him too? Because you own him unequivocally now. Yeah, absolutely. Good idea. Okay. Call us, Marvel. That's the end of our Marvel news. Let's blow through the rest real fast. Guess what, Marshmallows? What? A long time ago, we were friends. Yep. But we're now friends again. Oh, boy. So Kristen Mar- Bell said that Veronica Mars is coming back on Hulu. Yeah, and she's This show has been on for so long that we were here the last time she came back. Yeah, I know. In the movie? <laughs> Happy birthday to us. Yeah. <laughs> Do you pretend the movie didn't exist? I think that's the only thing to do. I, I would. And if that means giving back every dollar of that $8 million or whatever they made, right? it's worth it. Absolutely. You just have her sit up in bed <gasps> with Duncan, <laughs> right? <laughs> and we're like, I had this crazy dream that my life sucked and I went to my 10-year high school reunion and and the, uh, Leighton Meester turned into somebody else. Right. <laughs> but then she was dead or something. Right. Yeah. And Martin Starr was also somebody else <laughs> and was the bad guy. Spoiler alert for yes. that shitty um, Veronica Mars movie. I've, um, well, anyway, off to my job at the FBI. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Was she going to run for sheriff of Neptune or something like that? Oh, there Ooh. you go. Okay. You got your first season. Sure. Uh, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> in news that it's only sad to me, it looks like PS Vita is dead. And by dead, I mean it is no longer being made. It's been dead for a while stateside, oh, wow. but really took off. Japanese people really love PS Vita and has been, um, you know, slowly declining, but uh, they're still making them. They're going to stop making them at the end of this year, and that means it's dead. That's kind of sad. And they'll be wrapping up service for it as well, so can't get it fixed. Oh, boy. Yep. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. Um, Did you, oh, one little, I guess this is a Marvel, but it's Disney. So you heard that uh, Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, uh, said in a talk that they are slowing down Star Wars production now. Really? It was basically like a, you know, Mia Culpa, Mia Big Gulpa. What's a, I'm sorry, but not sorry. I guess it's just hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but it basically said like, 
we've got all these great... We have decided that perhaps we were doing too much, but we've got a lot of great stuff in development, like the Game of Thrones guys, like Ryan Johnson's thing, like this and like that. Right. Um, and he didn't say that those were canceled, but he did say that things were slowing down, whatever that means. Um, does that mean they're going to take more time, more breather between each film? I think or... for sure, yeah. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, um, I think that's probably a good thing because I think they probably bit off more than they could chew. Um, and I think the films have suffered somewhat, <laughs> Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. Well, the, you know, perception is everything. Yes. Is Solo really that bad of a film? I don't think it is. But everybody feels like it is. Yeah. Because they're sick and tired. Of, I don't want to look at your face. Right. You know, they're sick and tired of Star Wars. Yeah. So if they had held a year picking even more time to reshoot some stuff um, yeah. and then let it go. Maybe it would have been great. Yeah, but I think that sexist nerds would still hate a Phoebe Waller bridge robot. <sighs> it's too bad. She did a good job. Sometimes I hate the things we love. <laughs> and I hate the people that love them. Uh, looks like Jordan Peele will be hosting that Twilight Zone revival. Well, good for I won't him. say we called it. It just seems like the right choice, right? Yeah, it does. He, just, he did the math probably... And figured out he can still develop and write and direct and stand in front of a green screen and go, it's the Twilight Zone. Sorry, that's uh, the Forrest Whitaker version. <laughs> over here, over here. He is looking over there. Just making fun of Forrest Whitaker. Don't mind me. Uh, other news looks like Carrie Fukunaga, uh, who we're going to talk about in a second, and also is a director of films and TV's uh, True Detective, yep. uh, will be directing the new James Bond film. This could be good. I see a sort of flat, silvered color palette. Yes. I see a lot of uh, um, lot of chiaroscuro, light and dark, but you can actually see things that are in the dark. <laughs> yes. Unlike uh, Roger Deakins. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's such a great fight scene. Really? You think two black blobs <laughs> fighting each other is a great fight scene? <laughs> I can't see what's going on. Right. Um, That's my Skyfall commentary. <laughs> Go to our Patreon for the full length. <laughs> I'm excited about his his take on uh, Bond. I think he does intrigue pretty well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how his uh, how he what direction it takes. They got Daniel Craig in the MI6 hot box, right? They're like, "Tell us what happened," and he's right. just cutting up Heineken cans. <laughs> right. Time, time is a flat circle. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. Um, and last but not oh, I wanted to say real fast, just as a point of interest, although we don't have a lot of connection to it, looks like Netflix is diving in. Dick's in, feet's in, now head and hands are going in. Oh, boy. On a Avatar The Last Bender live action series. Okay. Is this not the peak of Netflix's hubris? Is this not it? Yeah, We've talked about this like before. It. Actually, politically, politically, we've talked about when you hit that point where it's like, all right, well, come on. Right. Yeah. But if you've hit uh, that come on point 47 times, they all just look like one long, uh, <laughs> I guess. Right. Yes. Netflix has done so many things that are like, really? That isn't this the newest, really? Because people like Death Note. Yeah. And you screwed that up. Yep. But that was Death Note. This is Airbender, and we're coming off the heels of another horrible adaptation of Airbender. Yeah. And Netflix is like, I'll do that. No problem. 
I'll see, see you tomorrow night. Right. Um, I, yeah, I think they're, um, this might be too much for them. Um, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't think that, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I, neither of us are really Avatar fans. No. Should we be? Uh, Find us on Facebook and Twitter and tell us. Facebook yay, yes. Twitter nay. Right. Or I'd, either way. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, it's worth getting into The Last Airbender, uh, I'm talking, of course, about the Shyamalan film. And our last bit of news, Downton Abbey movie. Yes. Sets its opening for next fall. A year from now, you're going to be watching Ooh. a Downton Abbey movie. They're already shooting. I'm excited. And then, of course, they have to save time for post-processing. Because ISIS is now a cyborg, and they'll have to render all that in with the CGI. Oh, my God. So, where do they go? Story, what is it? Boy, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. If they could somehow bring Dan Stevens back, that would be awesome. We never saw a body. That's true. That is very true. They'll have to have somebody, because the one person they had, Dan Stevens, it's gone. The person they brought in is Dan Stevens. Going up like this, mm-hmm. Matthew Good coming down like this. Yes. Dan Stevens left to do movies. Matthew Good got kicked out of movies <laughs> and is doing TV. Yes. So who is the celebrity guest star? And I mean like fanfare. I don't mean like Paul Giamatti. Jeez, Paul Giamatti's in this. I don't right. mean like a stealth kind of thing. Who do they bring in as the long lost cousin? She's going to take all the money and Robert Ooh. and crew have to figure out what to do. Oh my goodness! Um, I guess I already gave you my pitch. Mm, I also think World War Two would be involved. Yes, I think World War Two would be involved. As well. Dan Steve, okay, we age up Mary. Dan Stevens can play his own son. Ooh, there you go. That's I kind of like that. And he's idea. got an unhealthy uh, attachment to mummy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that that um. Robert's somehow alive still. Yeah, somehow. And he's like, well, I feel like uh, Matthew Jr. has an uh, unhealthy attachment to you. <laughs> Don't you agree, Isis? Yes. It's off the hizzle. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we're going back to the land of Fukunaga and the land of Netflix mm-hmm. for a review of Maniac. What happens in Maniac? Um, well, uh, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone are two people who um, have had traumatic events happen to them in one way or another. Um, and they both sign up for this drug trial that this uh, drug company is doing. Um, and they both get selected. And... Um, they part of the trial is you go after you take a pill you go and you experience your worst day ever and then you're supposed to experience something cathartic next i believe and then finally you're supposed to experience um uh, come to come to terms with the confrontation the confrontation um so uh they're in the drug trial the first pill experience they both get red flagged um and they get called in to b- 
be talked to about it. And things get goofy from there. That's right. It's a psychological thriller Mm -hmm. that I am of the opinion, and you can weigh in on this, that because of its heightened reality is trying to divorce itself from commentary on mental health treatment. Mm -hmm. So you get things like this where, I don't know, like I've made fun of unsane. I think unsane is really just an experiment in filmmaking by Steven Soderbergh to make a movie on an iPhone. And the nice catchy little thing is that a lady's like thinks a guy's following her and she gets committed. But maybe he really is just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're really after you. Right. Also isn't the iPhone X camera great. (laughs) You know, but you get things that are like, oh, this is, you know, the treatment of mental illness. And it's like, oh, the the cure for wellness. What are we trying to cure? And, And that sort of thing. Right. This takes place in. I like your opinion on this, this heightened reality. And I think they didn't have to do that. But in doing so, they're saying we're not trying to make a point about pharmaceuticals, you know, and psychotropic drugs and stuff like that. We're just this is just a vehicle for our goofy dreamlike storytelling. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, I thought Uh, you'd say something more. um, (laughs) Can you go longer? Well, (laughs) I I do think that they are saying something about mental health. Um, I don't think it's... um, I don't think it's offensive or um, I don't think they're being insensitive about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're they're being sensitive, but they're also um, kind of talking about sometimes addiction that could happen when with um, prescribed drugs or perhaps not prescribed drugs yeah. um, and people dealing with that. Um, I think I think you're right, though, that. Um, this is it's just a backdrop for their their playground um, for the back set of uh, what the show is exploring, which is kind of um, their imaginations, I would say. Yeah. Um, and we get flickers of their real story through these um, uh, imaginary kind of the scenarios that they get put in. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because if you watch a preview for this, you see. Oh, it's they're sitting and we're asking you questions and there's cameras like it's a very Brazilian kind of thing. Actually, yeah. the whole thing is slightly reminiscent of Brazil, mm-hmm. which is Im- immediately my commentary antenna goes up because Brazil yeah. and all the movies in the mold of Brazil are all trying to say things about consumerism or about, you know, the uh, what would you call it? Um, not the military industrial complex, but just about bureaucracy. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that I think this appropriated those tools but isn't trying to say anything necessarily about that yeah when you've got the guy who is the head of the study played well by justin theroux not my favorite not a writer i enjoy but i guess i have no problem with his performances (laughs) uh and he is you know clearly a ridiculous man the way we're introduced to him yeah both virtually on the very 80s video uh toaster that uh, affects the video that he's uh in and then literally introduced to him. <laughs> it's just, we're not supposed to take this guy seriously. No. And yet he enters the story and as ridiculous and um, sort of egotistical as that he is, you get the sense that he really is, he's a scientist and he's concerned about his patients and he's got his own problems with agoraphobia Definitely. and, you know, public speaking and all that sort of thing. 
But we're just kind of focused on our two Emmy nominated and Emmy winning winning stars here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I want to talk about that setting. Stop me if you've heard this one. Uh, but I, my theory is that it is set in an alternate universe. Or we'll find out that it's set in the real universe and the whole thing's a dream. Right. Which would be dumb and I'm hoping not. But it's set in an alternate universe where we never did the, the rise of the, of the digital age never happened. Because mm-hmm. you could just say, oh, the hairstyles, the um, sort of color palette, like it looks very 80s. Absolutely. But there are things there like the alien sex VR rig. Yes. <laughs> and And like people have like, Blade Runner, like video, you know, phone TVs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There are elements that are like retro tech, um, which is just, I think that's just a style. I think you could have told this story in the real world, no problem. But yes. Netflix is like, put some 80s on it. Yeah. Stranger Things is doing good. Yeah. Make it 80s. Yeah, exactly. And they took that and ran with it. And instead of just setting it in the 80s, they've set it in like a now where the 80s kind of never died. Yeah. That's kind of what I think is going on. The green writing for on the yeah, computers. Yeah, well, those stylist, you know, yeah, those style elements are there, but there's mm-hmm. some of it, some of the things are commentary, but they're just commentary removed. You take out the phone, which we're all on all the time, uh-huh. and we constantly see ads on. If yes. you take the phone away and keep the ads, that's commentary. Yes. on the phone without there being a phone. No, I would agree with that. But then you make a joke like, wow, somebody should invent a stick that I can take this picture with. And it's like, I okay, know. All right, come on, show. And you kind of roll your eyes a little bit. Yeah. In the show, there's this thing where if you're hard up for money, you can pay for something with uh, something called Ad Buddy. Yes. And what happens is, is you get the goods or the services and then somebody shows up and they read you ads. Yes. <laughs> Which, tell me that's not supposed to be like Google, you know, or just like ubiquitous uh, ads that we find all the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. So, yeah, there are little touches like that in the world. Um, but then, of course, we leave the world and we're elves or we're uh, trapped in an Agatha Christie novel or something yes. like that. What do you think about the? We haven't uh, we've seen the first half of the show. It's a 10 yes. episode series. Uh, what do you think about the effectiveness of uh, those different scenarios? Um, I think they're pretty effective. Uh, they um, show our characters connecting in a way that they haven't actually in the real world. Mm. Um and they're um, closely tied with each other within both of the well. There's a little screw imaginary. Up yes, they they go into these dream worlds like, well, like Eternal Sunshine, or like um, it reminds me kind of of the Cell. Oh, okay. Or like Inception. Sure. Where you're having a dream, but this machine allows us to see it, or for somebody else to go into it. Yes. And then our two stars get literally get their wires crossed Mm -hmm. so instead of just experiencing their own therapeutic dreams they're kind of getting into each other's dreams yes um getting the chocolate into the peanut butter right um yeah i think it's um pretty effective um they get tastes of their um actual story like um things that, that have actually happened to them throughout um both um scenarios like they think that they're in this because we don't i think we're supposed to assume i actually don't know i feel like the narrative is trying to seed reasons why we're going to certain places because it is dreamlike so i know mm-hmm. later on they're going to be elves and at one point right. we know that emma stone and her sister were watching this elf movie on tv yes but i don't know where the suburban long island housewife thing comes from 
Right. And I know you had speculated. Unless it's a Wolf of Wall Street reference (laughs) with Jonah Hill. Yeah, maybe. Um, But you had speculated maybe it was supposed to be like her family like growing up or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Could be. But they're, yeah. But then later on, they take on these other personas. But then she's like telling the story that's clearly from her real life life. Yeah. And in the story, he's like, that's not what happened to you. And so that's a little, we're probably going to get more of that later on. Yeah. Um, especially when you take it all the way to medieval fantasy and they're complaining about paying their taxes or something. Right. And the dwarves are like, what are you talking about? Right. I'm expecting things like that. And he has this thing where he sees his brother, but it's not his brother. It's his yeah. brother with a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Played by, I can't remember his name. I but can't remember his name either. He's been in a lot of stuff recently yes. and I, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah. And- Go figure, he can sing. Uh, of and course. have you seen his... He's shredded. Have you seen his body? You have. Wasn't it... Um, he was in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. That's right. Yeah. And he was also in... I thought... Was it Girls? That could be. There was some show that... I think that we saw together and... I know I didn't like it. And a character goes to their agent, their book agent. And the book agent is older. An older woman who's clearly having an affair with him. And he comes in and he's like in a towel and he's like, what's going on? (laughs) He's a sing, dance. Yep. Act. That's right. Shredded. (laughs) Hate him. Do you think that this is going to end well? I'll just drop in real quick. I I think it's too goofy to end bad. You think so? It's called maniac. Yeah. Although that's just somebody who experiences mania. It's true. Um, I think it's too goofy to end darkly. Okay. It's been pretty goofy so far. It it has been pretty goofy. Sometimes that's a setup for a drop, but I think it's going to ultimately be positive. Well, I hope it's not syrupy sweet, though. Yeah. Like, I hope it's like within the realm of Well, if they're going off the Brazil playbook, yeah. it's they come to some kind of, you know, understanding and transcendent and they're happy and then flashlight in the eyes. They're gone. Right. You know, and they're just in that state in their for dream world forever. forever. Until season two, Maniac. <laughs> would you recommend this? Um, I would recommend it. I think it's um been pretty entertaining so far. Um I've been enjoying their performances. Um I do kind of wish you mentioned this that they utilize uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um that they utilize more of the patients that are under with them like yeah more. well you got two marquee stars who right. agreed to do this you know we we do see the there's a cast of characters uh actors gabriel byrne isn't sally field is in this there's yeah. a lot of hitters in this mm-hmm. and then they show up in the dreams as other people which makes sense yep but then you've got they're in this group of uh, test testes or whatever right <laughs> batman's testes um uh. Th- they're in this group of people and you figure, oh, these are all character actors that we'll see later. And right. so far we haven't really seen them show up. No. And so it's like, it seems like a, no a missed chance yes. to let these people sort of help populate these dreams. But so far it hasn't. Oh, it's fine. Um, I, I'd say see it, mm-hmm. but it's like a tepid see it. Oh, okay. It's, uh, you know, we've had a lot of disappointment <laughs> with Netflix shows. That's true. The Avatar show uh, we haven't seen yet. And I think for, it, I think it's very safe. Okay. You know. All right. I think they're they've got the money. 
and they've got Corey Fukunaga, who I'm not sure what I said at the beginning um, is provide. I like, you know, one of the reasons I like Fukunaga is that he presents you visuals that are interesting, um, alluring, Mm -hmm. and arresting, um, but without letting them overpower things like the Deacon's Mendes combination that I mentioned before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, the other, uh, the guy who's like um, the co developer of this is a guy named Patrick Somerville, who is, this is adapted from. A Norwegian series, mm-hmm. which I was surprised to learn, but it makes it now I know why there's so many um, consonants in uh, the, <laughs> some of the last names. Um, and he also um, wrote and helped develop um, the bridge, which okay. was a uh, d- Danish uh, show, I think. Okay. And so, is this the new? fertile ground of storytelling is to mine these uh so the girl with the dragon tattoo the scandinavian tales um probably i think for a show with two heavy hitters who you think would want to show you what they've got they're just here to do what they do so jonah hill is playing his sad man character Mm -hmm. that got him his nomination just kind of like what i don't know what's going on right and emma stone is doing her i'm really serious and i'm a girl who's in trouble and i'm mad slash I'm an elegant spy or something. You know, I'm a right. little girl playing dress up that she does too. So right. they're all just kind of doing what they do. You're not wrong. In Eternal Sunshine 2. Yeah. The TV series. <laughs> so that sounds like I'm not recommending it. I am. I think it's one of the better Netflix shows I've seen, but I really hope they knock it out of take the park. it to the top for the for the second half. Yeah, no, I do too. Um I hope they land on something that is I hope they say something about mental illness, and I hope it isn't. Um, what do you say? I don't know. I I think maybe you say that you can get better, like that you can improve your situation by taking pills shaped like alphabet letters. <laughs> I and know it's kind of cynical. Head X-ray. It's kind of cynical. Yeah. What do you think um, about the uh, uses of Japanese culture in it? I think that's interesting. Um, because if the 80s kept going like they thought we would in the 80s, mm-hmm. Japan would own half of America, of course. Well, It'd be yeah. all these Zaibatsu corporations. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think them sleeping in pods is very <laughs> the Japanese and the, thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and the drawers. and Bonsai everywhere. Yeah, bonsai everywhere. And um, them bowing and all these honorifics and this sort of thing. Um it adds a kind of heightened reality, I think, to... I think there's been so little representation, positive, positive representation, and not long duck, dong, sexy girlfriend type right. stuff, that when you just have it, I don't know if, you're if making it's okay to like it or not. Or, yeah. yeah. Because they've definitely been eccentric and they've ac- accentuated the differences in Japanese culture between, you know, American culture, Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. But, well, isn't it a but? That's all I have to say. Right. <laughs> but they've got Japanese actors playing the roles. Um, the one, uh, I recognize the one um, scientist lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a much better role than the role she had in Ex Machina, which was right. Naked Robot. Yeah, that's <laughs> So she's come up role. in the world. Yeah. Um, the doctor guy was good. Mm-hmm. But the, he starts like screaming in Japanese. Yes. And he gets mad and it's like, it's kind of like a trope. I guess It's it not is. Mickey Rooney, but. No. It didn't um, work. Yeah. <laughs> it's no fresh off the boat, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Netflix, 10-episode, limited series, 
on Netflix. Check it out. Let's move on real fast to the second issue of the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four are Let's. back. They're being written by Dan Slott and drawn by Sarah Pacelli. Mm-hmm. When we last left the team, when we left half the team in New York, yep. Johnny and Ben were trying to get over the loss of Reed and Sue and Franklin. Yeah. And apparently the entire Future Foundation. I forgot about that. Yep. And uh, at the end of the thing, they see a giant four in the sky and they think, oh, this is it. They're back. Right. Now this we flip simple. over to what's been going on with Reed, Sue, Franklin, Valeria, and the gang. Yes, absolutely. And they have been, as we were told at the end of uh, Secret Wars, mm-hmm. inventing and exploring new universes. That's right. But something's going on. Yeah. Um, so Franklin... Um, has basically he's really smug about it too but he um has been creating universes like i don't even know how many per per day or like maybe one per day or something like that at an exorbitant amount um and he's really smug about it and he, he even says at one point it technically makes him a god to these people that he's created within these universes and no one no one tries to take him down a peg or try to suggest he takes a bite of humble pie or anything like that. They just let him ride that out. And then nobody questions that, yeah, he's a god. He's creating universes. That's what he does. So For a long time, he's been the most powerful character in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. That's kind of like he's, I don't know, he used to be a mutant. I'm not sure he's still a mutant, but his power was just all the powers. Yeah. But Dan Slott is, yeah, he hasn't exactly gone there yet, but we've got a Billy Mooney in the Twilight Zone situation here. Like, this is, at what point do we become scared of Franklin? Right. Uh, who, it looks like they've aged up. He looks like he's uh, like a teenager now and yes. not just the little kid he's always been. Yeah. Um, and then we get our villain. Entropy. Is that who, who it is? That's who she, she's called. That's, yeah. Bad, it's a bad name. It's a real bad name. <laughs> it do- doesn't roll off the tongue, I can tell you that much. This spider lady, which I've never seen that before, uh, with comes a weird in, hat. And she's eating all the universes. Yes. With and, the help of her goons. Yeah. And so they have to do something about that. Yes. So basically, their reaction to that. Oh, and she kills Molecule Man like really easily. Yeah, we forgot Molecule Man. He's really creating the universes. Yeah. Franklin's just designing them. <laughs> And, yeah, we'll just tell you how it ends. Uh, but they make some kind of deal with her. With the, they set all this up in, like, one issue, mm-hmm. which is like, guys, why are you rushing through this? We're talking about the birth and death of universes. I know. But anyway, uh, they make some kind of deal with her where she's like, oh, sure, you can bring the Fantastic Four to help you. Four people couldn't defeat me. Right. But we tricked you because every single person who's ever been on the Fantastic Four it is summoned by this machine that she creates. Yes. <laughs> the ex- her, their quote-unquote extended family. Yeah. So that means, you know, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, the Hulk, Crystal, Spider-Man. Medusa, Spider-Man, She-Hulk. Yep. You know, everybody's Storm. Everybody's here. Yeah. Medusa. Did you say Medusa? I don't know. I did. Okay. Uh, I hate this and I wish we weren't doing it. <laughs> oh, no. I, I mean, I knew, first of all, this design of entropy is so stupid, <laughs> but yet so out there. It's the first yeah. time that I feel like Sarah Pacelli is awake. 
Oh, okay. She's this is some of her worst work. Really? She is just phoning it farting in. Farting these out. <laughs> just look at this compared to her other stuff, like her ultimate Spider Man stuff or whatever. Okay. Her Miles Morales stuff. Yeah. Amazing compared to this? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? Fantastic, let's say. Okay. And I knew that they would never commit to the wonderful send-off that Hickman gave the characters in Secret War. Okay. You know, it's like he sets up this amazing thing. He was told to, I am assuming. I'm assuming as well. But he did the best that he could, and he gave the Fantastic Four this amazing send-off. Okay, how do we reverse slash honor that and bring them back into the universe because we want those characters back? Mm -hmm. Can we do it without destroying and shitting on everything that was awesome about their send-off? No, we can't. And we have a, a literal creature come in and eat and destroy everything that they did. And yeah. it's like, what was the point? I know. It's like when a movie ends really great, it's like the end of Aliens. Yeah, Newt, I think we both can now. Mm-hmm. Get in the pods, go to sleep, Alien 3 opens, Newt's dead, Hicks is dead, Bishop is just a head and a, and a torso right. that wants to be turned off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bishop wants you to help him kill himself. Right. Welcome to Alien 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants this. It's I, don't let me don't let don't tell Hickman that I compared him to Shakespeare. But it's like Shakespeare, The Tempest, one of his last plays. Mm-hmm. In the in the thing, there's this character who has these magical powers of creation. He can do all these things, and at the end, he burns his books and he lays down his powers. And he, I'm just gonna go live with my daughter and and her and my son-in-law now mm-hmm. and just die right and it's the sad thing but it's beautiful i bet somebody wrote the sequel to the tempest once shakespeare uh retired uh to the north country and i bet it really sucked yeah and guess what it didn't do it didn't survive till now right he's not slot is not making comic books that people are going to be talking about years from now so why no, even do it right. why I, do it i don't know it's mean-spirited it it is mean spirited. Um, I mean to just. I, I I do think Franklin's awfully smug, but to just undo all of his work and everybody else's work, it just seems cruel. And I think the whole winking, Family Guy esque, like references to the Fantastic Four's past. Yes, we get it. Namor has a thing for Sue right. Storm. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got a tight swimmer's bod, you know, so he probably makes Reed jealous if Reed's paying attention. But, you know, write a story about that. Don't just go, remember that? Remember how that happened? Mm-hmm. I know. That doesn't, there's no depth to that. No, and I... He couldn't swim in that. Right. It's not deep enough for <laughs> Namor to swim in. Well, and I think when Valeria, like, decides she's gonna, like, plant the trip on... Boros world she's being really selfish because she wants to save him that's okay you're okay with that yeah we have our characters they're they're heroes they're perfect they're They're admirable yeah but they have your hero do something dumb or something he wouldn't do or she and then deal with the effects of that okay sure so you know that's the one thing like reed (laughs) we're always worried about reed because he doesn't think about emotions and about family and connections enough even though that's what has sustained him up to this point. Mm-hmm. And it's always too late that he goes, oh, I should have been thinking about suing the kids. He's going to have a kid who is like, you know, does the same thing. Like mm-hmm. is, geez, the Richard's kids are dating now, I guess. But I know. 
you know, the whole world, many worlds, multiple universes are at stake and she mm -hmm. acts, you know, instinctively or out of passion mm -hmm. to do this thing. So, but, but that, that doesn't matter because all they do is just land there. And True. then this completely arbitrary thing happens just so we can get a huge splash page that's kind of sloppily drawn of a bunch of Marvel heroes at the end. And we're supposed to be excited about the splash page. And I was not. Um, do we go on? I... I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see where they're going to go from here. Um, I got to say, I'm a little, I feel kind of bad for Alicia because like Ben and Johnny were there one minute and then they're gone. She's and used to it. Jeez. If they're quick, she wouldn't know they were gone. <laughs> bad. Pretty bad. Well, the time has arrived, the time that you have been dreading since I came up with the idea of doing it, which is bang the gavel. Tar, 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 tar. <laughs> Come to order. Mikan Hana stands in the docket for oh her entire race. You ever seen that episode of the old uh, Wonder Woman show where they're, these aliens, these godlike aliens are going to judge humanity based on our actions and Diana has to be our advocate? No. I did not see that. Well, anyway, you should have. It would have been good rehearsal. Because <laughs> now you're going to stand in for all women everywhere. Oh, man. This is not what I wanted. <laughs> That's not true, of course. But we're going to talk about the Captain Marvel trailer, which yes. is out. Um, everybody's seen it, I'm assuming, by now. And let's just get this out of the way. Okay. We were talking about the smile thing. We were joking. We, we were using we were the history kidding. of people talking about, you know, ladies should smile more. I had no, I didn't know that people would be stupid enough to comment on the trailer, which is everybody's right. We're all doing it. We're about to do it. Yes. But to do it and to say, literally say without irony, she should smile. She should be smiling. More. Yes. That is stupid and ridiculous. That's not what we think. I mean, she doesn't really smile at all, but no. that doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> and she she got everybody good with her uh, with her tweets or her Instagrams or whatever with yes. the with the, the male superhero, the happy smiling. soldier, yeah, <laughs> Captain America, yeah. Um, so that's not we're putting that to bed, and we shan't be talking about the smiling again because mm -hmm. I don't think it's a valid uh, line of of inquiry to talk about. No, I don't either. Although I will say. Before we before we leave this as okay. a topic, yes, I did see, I did see somebody's thumbnail, and it wasn't even a video that was about this, but it was just a thumbnail of some images from the trailer, and you've got a picture of, uh, what's his name? Keep my hair, uh, the talented Mister Jude Law, yes, uh, as Flip Flop or Marvel, and he's looking back at the camera, and he's like. And he looks like apprehensive and something's going to happen. Right. And then a picture of Brie Larson from the trailer and it is <laughs> just dial tone. I'm embarrassed for her. I just. Well, I don't. I don't understand. Well, I guess we're talking about it. I don't understand why. Did, have we. Let's not harp on this. Let's say it. All right. 30 seconds done. Okay. Vibrant new character. The most powerful character in the Marvel Universe. The new initiative of female heroes. Why don't you want us to see a character who is it's just a trailer 
but show us in the trailer that she has a full range of emotion and she feels strongly about this stuff and yes. she's not bored to save the earth. Right. She looks bored. She's I don't ex- care if she smiles. Right. She can she's... grimace the whole way through. Nick Fury never smiles. Right. But he's always saving the earth. That she's she's passionate about being there and about fighting. And, and that, that might be thing. part of her character arc, you know, in the movie. But you think at some point in the movie, she gets her memories back, she finds the inspiration to stand up to <laughs> to Ben Mendelssohn. Right. Stop being in all those bad movies, Ben Mendelssohn. <laughs> I really feel something here. Shooting lasers. <laughs> but instead it's just like Ready Player One sucked. Yeah, I, I know. All right. Anyway, so forget all that. Yes. Done. Yep. But it got us thinking about the idea of the er female character, the mm-hmm. strong female character. I don't think that there aren't any female characters, there aren't any strong female characters, and they can come in many shapes and sizes, but you can maybe blame action movies for this, the over-masculinization of the 80s, and their heroes in movies. You can blame maybe the bad girls. Speaking of the comics code and the death of the comics code, now we can get Mm -hmm. away with a lot of stuff, and our retarded, sexually retarded period interests take over, and it's a lady flying through the air, her wasp waist is twisted so we can see her boobs and butt at the same time right and it's implied that those boobs are vibrating as she fires the huge machine gun that she's got you know uh-huh. like that sort of thing yes that's what we got out of the ma- the manacles coming off uh-huh. you know it took us 30 years to get to batman's dick yes i don't think that we've got <laughs> when are we gonna get to captain marvel's crush uh i don't think we've gotten to the point yet where we can say we did it in comics or in comics movies. Uh-huh. And as far as like Captain Marvel having the unenviable task of having to be that thing, yes. the first, you know, headlining female character on a, on a movie, a Marvel movie. What, what, how are we doing? Um, <laughs> I ran out of I, juice. <laughs> I think we're doing okay. Um, I I must say I I like that she crashes into a blockbuster video at the beginning. Oh, we're just gonna talk about the trailer. Okay, I, well, so that, that was a question that we will answer over the course of this segment. Sure. Let's talk about the trailer. Yeah. You're, you're gonna talk about. It. Um, I I like that she crashed into the blockbuster video. Um, I actually really like the music on this trailer. I feel like it's really intense and kind of sounds like sirens and um makes you kind of excited about it. To, to be honest, I can't remember any Marvel mo- uh, movie music from a trailer except for Guardians of the Galaxy, of course. Okay, sure. Did they even use the the droning <laughs> but attractive Avengers theme in Avengers? I guess they must have. I think they must have. I hated the music. Oh, really? It's just so... I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a temp track or if that's what they're going with, but I thought it was just kind of plodding and just sort of amelodic and... I didn't like it. Okay. And it's pre- it, it's good for the it builds. Yes. But yeah. I I liked that it built. Um, I like Fury as kind of like this fed up cop or Shield agent that's kind of ready to give it up. I fought then... the big one for this. Right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay, keep going. Um. Do you like Asian Coulson with more hair? Sure. Um. I don't know. Yeah, we get a glimpse of Coulson in this as well. So, yay, Coulson's back in the movies. Um, it's like punching ladies. Yeah, I know. I. It's kind of fun. I mean, we know she's probably a scrawl. So. Um, Was the and, and that lady smiled at her. I know. And we know that she hates smiles. Okay. 
I think I like the fact that they're not. <laughs> you're not defending your sex very well by stabbing me in the throat, so I can't talk anymore. Um, oh. uh, it doesn't seem like they have a, an agenda. This is probably the right way to do this. Mm-hmm. They don't have an agenda other than make a kick-ass superhero movie. Right. There's a little bit of an agenda in there going, what makes her a hero? You know? I was not such a fan of that. Oh, you of the, 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 the uh, messaging? Reveal a hero. I, I, I mean, I mean are we, we don't see Cap as a little boy sliding into second. No, we don't. And he's called out, but he's not going to give up. Right. It's, I mean. That's, all right, we're back. We're back. <laughs> it's this idea of when are we going to let female characters fail or not be super exceptional from the moment of conception from the beginning because yes. the story they seem to be telling in the trailer is she's always been a tough badass she's put up with your sexist shit and she's done with it she's always been done with it they explicit i don't know if this will appear in the film but they explicitly tie all those scenes together where she's a little girl getting up and then yes. she's a getting up on the ropes course and then she's getting up and she's captain marvel and she's gonna get you and it's like oh yeah fine okay but it's just so that's stock maybe it's not stock if we've never done that with a girl before but i think if you did that with a guy we'd be like doesn't seem very interesting seems like he's not vulnerable it seems like he's Catherine. you know steve was a little guy with a trash can lid yeah <laughs> you know yeah but can't we just have a powerful superhero who happens to be a woman and like see her kick butt and like not emphasize the fact that she's got different parts so um this makes her really significant i guess i stepped out of the room when she told talos to stop for a second and then went into the bathroom and uh (laughs) do you have any i don't have any quarters in this uh, suit but i need to use the machine here i i don't I, i don't know I guess I don't know what I'm saying, and you absolutely don't know how to answer what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I think it's just the institutional sexism in me that is mad that a woman is is doing this. Okay. If you took... In fact, here's an experiment that I would do if I was better at After Effects. If you took Jude Law's head and put him on Captain Marvel's body in all those shots, mm-hmm. would I be like, oh, it's Captain Marvel is going to get him. He's getting, he, he fell down, but he's going to get up. He's always getting up. He shouldn't have punched that lady, but he's always getting up. <laughs> right? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Like, I'm here to confess. I'm not here to condemn. I'm just saying I don't like it, and I want to know why I don't like it. I know. And the critic and intellectual part of me thinks it's because there are so many crazy, amazing things that are probably going to happen in this movie are the effects not done? Why didn't you show me those? Instead, right. you just showed me a lady who's has facial paralysis. <laughs> okay, all right. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Right? Yeah. And then, yeah, I know it's part of the story. Uh, she's she's a first of all, she's a serious soldier. She's not gonna smile anyway. Um, she gets hit in the head, and she doesn't know where she is, but she's right. programmed to. Here, oh, first of all, let's do this. Um, soft spoilers, if you don't know anything about Captain Marvel and you don't want to know what's probably going to happen in the movie. But here's what I think is going to happen in the movie based on the trailer. Okay. I do think that we are going to get, it'll start in the present day because we don't do origin stories, but mm-hmm. we do give it out in flashbacks. So we start off, she is a member of the Kree Star Force, mm-hmm. right? She's fighting, she's chasing down some Kree who are on Earth. 
Right. And she crashes. She her ship blows up in this confrontation. She crashes into a blockbuster. She's disoriented, but she knows her mission to kill the Kree. And so she lays waste to a few blocks in L- L.A. trying right. to catch this uh, this scroll mm-hmm. that gets shield involved. She hooks up with Nick Fury, tries to explain who she is, but doesn't really remember. They get together over the course of them hanging out together and probably fighting other scrolls. Things start to come back to her, and then we'll get flashes of she starts to remember her life on Earth, which she doesn't remember. Right. There's also definitely going to be a scene if she doesn't have a memory and she doesn't live on Earth. There will be a scene where he'll go, well, "You can't walk around in that outfit." Smash cut to them walking out of a hot topic, and she's got a nine inch nail shirt. And she's like, "Is this really what people wear?" Like, right. We're definitely going to do that. Yeah. So over the course of the flashbacks, we find out that she was Carol Danvers. And let's say f- five years is a nice round number. So if this is 1992, then in 1980, I can't do math, uh, seven, uh, she was an Air Force pilot. Mm-hmm. Although I think they're going to try to downplay that. So she's not like so Hal Jordan-y, but it's too late. Right. She's part of, she's a space cop that shoots lasers that used to be a pilot. Uh-huh. I think you're stuck. So she was a pilot. She on a routine training exercise or whatever. She got involved. There was a Cree we're hunting Skrull on Earth, and she gets involved, you know, with the thing. She maybe shoots the Skrull down, mm-hmm. but crashes herself. And Marvell is like impressed by this human that did this, you know. And then there's a confrontation with Skrull. She gets blasted with the thing, which gives her those powers, you know, like in the comic book origin. Sure. And they defeat the Skrull, or maybe he gets away, but because he doesn't want to just let this human die, he's impressed with her bravery, so he takes her back to Hala, the Cree homeworld. And she eventually recovers, but doesn't remember much. And she gets into Star Force with Ronan and Minerva and Korath and all those other guys. Mm-hmm. And then we're sort of back up to speed in that part. Yes. And then the rest, yeah, I mean, they didn't show that in the trailer. I don't know. Right. But we know that Mendo is uh, Talos the Tamed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he'll be the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Or at least high up. Okay. And so when they take him down, that, you know, we'll leave it open for Fury to to rise up or get up there yeah okay and then at some point we'll see her flying around punching being really strong but at some point she will access her full power you know she'll goku up and that's what we get in the trailer where it's like meow and she goes i'm not what you think i am you sure you don't want to do that on the take on that are you positive (laughs) but we'll see that yes she has even more you know reserves of power inside her and they're gonna do a little binary thing in there too because the thing was, the Cree was, she's strong, flies, sixth sense, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The Chris Claremont X-Men stuff, she was binary. She had like energy powers and stuff like that, too. So okay. Looks like we'll get both of those. Okay. Yeah. That I'm... sounds like a good movie. Yeah. The movie looks good. It does look good. It's fine. I just want to know why I care so much. <laughs> look, but I'm on the, on the record. I've hated Brie Larson for years. Yeah. This isn't some get out of my treehouse girls. Right. <laughs> Um, I'm not, I, I'm not a huge fan of hers either. Uh, but I don't think that they, I wish that they had given her better lines for the trailer because I don't like either of the lines that, I mean, like the, like, you know, you're a long way from home. Uh, and, and she just says, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. It's like, could you please try? I mean, we're in a movie. We want to know about you. And I know maybe you're having some memory problems or right. whatever, but yeah. if you could maybe try to work through it with us as an audience, that'd be great. As you build a story in a trailer, what do you see? But that's, I, this is the thing. I don't think that they 
they either don't care or they're not playing into it because you could have just, you could have framed it like, we see scrolls coming out of the ocean. We got a nice scene of a scroll turning into an old lady or something like sure. that. Yeah. And it's like, we got problems. And Fury's like, I don't know what's going on with all this. Who's going to save us? And then just Great. Captain Marvel. She's flying around. She's shooting lasers. She's throwing people off cliffs. That's, you know, that would be the power trailer. Mm -hmm. But it's clear that they wanted to tell this story. This is a person who used to live here, has lost right. contact with her humanity. It's also an explanation as to why she wasn't like helping out with every other thing that we were That's doing true. before. Yeah. And she regains, you know, her literally her humanity. She mm -hmm. remembers who she is and wants to fight for Earth and all that. <laughs> all checks out. Yes. You know, good movie. Mm-hmm. Switch that she didn't have to kind of look like a zombie when she's doing it. Yeah, I know. She's look like a zombie. I know. All right. Well, let's we'll not um, harp on that. I thought her her helmet mask thing. They brought that the she, helmet in. Yeah. Yep. Um, it reminded me of Star Lord's mask a little bit because mm. when it glows. Oh, okay. Um, just kind of reminded me of that. Um, so I think that's good. Um, did you see the cat on the poster? No. You didn't see the cat on the poster. No, I did not. Interesting. Uh, on the poster, the higher, stronger, faster, work it harder. Yeah. Make uh -huh. it better. Poster um, in the corner on the left side in the corner. Yes, <clears throat> there is a. In, it's dark, so you wouldn't see it right away. There's a cat's butt. <laughs> <laughs> really? And I guess that's okay. that's Chewy, her cat from oh. the comics. Okay. So, well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, that's that. There's that's, that's whimsy that we don't see in the trailer. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like what? Everything is this going to be funny or not in the trailer? Yeah. Um. She's not smiling because it's serious. That's right. Listen. <laughs> I don't know. Cap smiles. He does. Um, Maybe not all the time, but he does I'm smile. A mental breakdown. Put me in the maniac machine for yeah. this smile thing. <laughs> all right. So thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, A, a tentative thumbs up for me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still hopeful about this. Um, it has the potential to be a good film, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they don't make mistakes. No. I mean, you know, not so far. Right. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to be great, but yeah. I just, just want to see it already. I know. You know, I have to go through this for the 19th time or whatever. I know. Um. Okay, so maybe Captain Marvel isn't or isn't yet the pinnacle of what we want out of a... Don't turn again. Let's just say a exceptional female protagonist okay. in our genre entertainment. Sure, yes. And I wanted to take this opportunity to prove that we're not sexist. I mean, I want to take this opportunity to celebrate some of the great female protagonists mm -hmm. of genre entertainment in a little segment I like to call, I can't believe it's not Ellen Ripley. <laughs> Ellen Ripley, off limits. Oh, no. Because that's what everybody says the first time. Right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And she never smiles. <laughs> Not once. No, because this no, is serious. Fighting aliens is serious. Yeah, she absolutely does. <laughs> She's doing little. You got something on your shirt? Things with Newton and stuff. You're right. <laughs> so um, I'll get us started off uh, with a favorite pick of mine, uh, which is probably a complicated and controversial pick: Matoko Kusanagi. All right. From Ghost in the Shell. For sure. Who is somebody who is 
<laughs> and manga is different than comics. Yeah, it's I a would lot agree with that. Comics yes, because you can have a super serious uh, neo cyberpunk political thriller with cyborgs, but somebody's going to have to fall down, sweat drop, you know, feet in the air. Right, you still got those. The, yeah. Oh, she hits Ishikawa in the head. Now he's got a bump with a little tape on it. That's right. You know, so it's hard to say like how uh, three dimensional uh, this character drawing is. But she's somebody who is both completely divorced, literally, from her body and flesh because mm-hmm. she doesn't have a body, right, and flesh. But also somebody who is completely willing to. Um, indulge in it so she's gets the job done she's don't don't screw with her she's no nonsense mm-hmm. and clearly the smartest best fighter on the page you know whatever she's facing she's c- c- capable yes um and then you know she works hard but she plays hard but then right. she's like all right screw that i'm gonna go to a sex party or something like that <laughs> right and i'm not <laughs> i don't know how progressive that is when it's you know a manga artist who right. you've, if you've seen some of the other stuff that he's drawn we did a whole show on it it's called Grease Up Those Butts or whatever it's called. <laughs> Search for it in our history. Um, so I'm not holding it up as a feminist icon. I'm just saying that's the kind of thing that that, that pops into my head when I think of characters like that. And Absolutely. when I read it, I don't go, thank God she's a girl. You know, I'm just like, you know, what's she going to do next? Right. No, I would agree with that for sure. Um, my first pick is uh, Sarah Connor from the, the Terminator and Terminator 2. Sure. Um, she's kind of a, a stealth badass. I mean, I would say in Terminator 2, she's definitely a badass. Yeah. Um, you mean she wasn't born? <laughs> she was sliding into second a badass? Yeah. No, she wasn't born a badass. She fell off that rope and she was still a badass? <laughs> I'm sure she fell off the rope many times. I mean, the movie was, the first movie at least, was the origin of a badass. It's how she became no, a badass. It is. Because and... she thought you know, that her problems were going to stop with kids putting ice cream in her pocket. Yeah, exactly. And then it turns into, I've got to use a factory to kill this giant robot. Right. And also, like, I know the future that is coming. Right. And how terrifying well, she wasn't smiling then. No. Definitely not smiling in the last uh-uh. reel. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh-uh. And um, what do I have to do to prepare myself for it? And, like, she has these nightmares that, like, you know, the end of the world and, like, yeah. Skynet coming to fruition and um, the Terminator coming back and coming after her and her son. And um, she just... You know, the way she deals with it is she just rolls into it and she just, uh, you know, prepares her body for war, basically. And, uh, you Lick know, my face, I'm going to break your skull open later. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, she does chin ups for days. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, She's still doing them. Right. And, you know, she learns how to use guns and how to fire them and that sort of thing. And um, she is not to be messed with. Yeah. Uh, good pick. Uh, I think my next pick would be Aaron Soon from Farscape. That's Ding. A good one. Second Farscape yep. reference. Um, and again, you're the, the representative of all womankind, or right. maybe the arbiter of womankind. So I don't know if. This is okay or not, but I like the fact that she begins desexualized. Mm-hmm. She becomes, the word isn't sexualized, but she becomes <laughs> feminized sure. as the show goes on. Uh-huh. And it 
ends literally with her having having a baby. Let me finish. And it's all seen as she only gets stronger. Mm-hmm. That the peacekeepers that she comes from is a very progressive society in that men and women are treated, treated equally and they are bred for war. And like Matoko Kusanagi, they work hard, they play hard. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And they recreate, as she says. Right. And she did, wants no attachments. And then she loses all her attachments because she's kicked out of her society and spends a lot of time um, not to, trying to stay apart from the family that the crew becomes mm-hmm. until she does join that family. And yes, she gets a boyfriend, but she finds strength in the partner not only a romantic partner, but they, you know, I'll shoot my gun this way, you shoot your gun that way. Right. Uh, and the crew and the family that she finds. And, you know, she learns, like he says in the pilot episode, that she can be more. Not because he's perfect, because John Crichton is no. not. Nobody would hold he's him definitely up flawed. as somebody who's perfect. Uh, but these, like, broken people get stronger by gluing their pieces together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I don't know, that's what I think. All right. And she's doing sit-ups for days. Yes. Um, my next pick is uh, Katniss Everdeen. I think um, Katniss is a good pick for this because um, she, um, I mean, she are, she starts out and she's good at shooting a bow. So we know that much about her. Yeah. Um, and she's had to learn how to survive with what little they have. Yeah. Um, but she's also a, a great sister because she sacrifices herself to save her her younger sister. Um, she volunteers as tribute. Um, and she knows the odds that only one of them is going to survive out of 24. And those are not great odds. Yeah. And she decides she's going to fight as best she can. And um, uh, she teams up with, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Peta. Peta, thank you. Um, it's all bread. <laughs> Panem, right. Peta. Yep, no, you're right. Crescent roll. It's <laughs> one of my favorite characters. Um, Weirdly progressive dystopia, Panem. Yeah. In that for all the child sacrifice, yes. uh, it seems like men and women are just basically equal. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're, if you drink it and you want to wear a crazy dress, fine, you know, but otherwise, right. like girls, guys, they're all taken in the same. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, there's probably a real depressing negative reason for that because once you start, if you value males over females, your male population is going to be decimated by sending only males to the games. Right. So you have to treat all your little resources or your little bargaining chips as equal so you can take <laughs> an equal number out of the yeah. population. Mm-hmm. Okay, I take it back. But like, I mean, she fights against some really tough but Nobody goes people. like, oh, Shit, a girl can shoot a bow? No. Nobody does that. And um, she ends up kind of symbolizing more as she goes on because of her her sacrifice and then her relationship with PETA as well. Yeah. Um, So I think people really are able to relate with her and kind of be – they kind of want her to succeed and maybe overturn this regime. Yeah. So, well, I picked two military badasses for my first two. Now a political badass. My third choice would be uh, Christian Avasarala from The Expanse. Very nice. Um, Somebody who I'm starting to sound like. (coughs) Um, (laughs) Stop. (coughs) 
<clears throat> somebody who um, is not. There are a lot of shoot, shooty, shoot men guys, peoples. Yeah. In the world of the expanse, another world that's reached equality essentially. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't uh, diminish, I think, her accomplishments. You know, she's somebody who is the smartest person in the room at any given moment. She's also somebody who has perspective and is willing to sacrifice things, you know, in this case, not soldiers, but like friendships, associations, and sometimes soldiers, if she's in command of them, to accomplish, you know, things for the greater good. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't think of like a little old, like Indian lady as being like this unbreakable badass, but that's pretty much what she represents in the show. Mm -hmm. And nobody ever goes... Ah, so careful. Uh, she's on the rag. Or that's <laughs> horrible. To God, when did I say that? <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like people yeah. just know. Uh, and if you and, and the one guy who does think he has it over on her, mm-hmm. she just destroys. We're I not going to see that guy again. You know, what I, mean? I know. That guy's gone. I know. So yeah, I mean, she basically is like running Earth. <laughs> by well, spoilers, I guess. But uh, by the time we reach uh, the end of uh, the Amazon run of the show, yeah. so somebody who has immense power uh that's not tied to her physicality necessarily mm-hmm. not that there's anything wrong with that see the my first two choices right <laughs> what about you um i'm gonna go with uh black widow um i think the monster she, the, the monster who can't have children oh stop it <laughs> It's just waiting, not me. I, I know. Um, I don't like that part of the cinematic universe. But um she's she's a badass. Oh, Black she's, Widow three. Oh, what was what is Black Widow three? We get scheduling for a cameo. Okay. Go back to the sixties, we find out she did have a child. Oh. She got a hold of some eggs. Or maybe she <laughs> snuck out and she was gone for a long time before they t- took our ovaries or whatever. <laughs> And then that, she's an evil Black Widow that's going to fight the young Black Widow yelling a bullet. Sorry. No, that's that's okay. Write all this down. <laughs> Let Mark Wade use it in his right. not that great um, new Black Widow comic. Um, that's disappointing. Well, go ahead. Um, so, I mean, she's, she's uh, trained to be a badass. She wasn't born a badass. Um, and we know about her training in Russia in the Red Room and how, how... do you feel about the rape metaphors of that? <sighs> I, I Women don't have to suffer to become badasses. Don't you know that? Yeah, I, I guess I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, that's kind of a well, I mean, it's a cool backstory. Yeah. If you forget about the fact that every female character and hero, none of the ones I've chosen, Except for the standalone complex version of Matoko, but don't worry about that. Uh, have to be raped, raped, rape as an origin story. Yeah, I know. Have to be tortured. You know the the um, hero, the final girls of horror movies. You know yeah. have been chased up the stairs. All their friends are dead, and that's why they're the hero because you know there's nobody else. Yeah. Yeah, I. I mean, that's not that's not what's going on. I think Black Widow has a pretty awesome origin story but in light of the kind of narratives that you see where women are victimized to make them badasses i'm I'm not a fan of that i'm not a fan of falling back on that uh that trope is um i think it's uh it's it gets old it's it's not uh, it 
it makes their triumph seem weaker, I feel like, because that they had to go through tragedy in order to be awesome. Getting I, I, back. Yeah. Revenge. I mean, we rarely see that, I feel like, with, with male characters. So why, why do we fall on that so much with female characters? I want to see a thriller film where the guy is raped and oh now he's going to go get revenge. Oh you would never in a million years see that happen. No, you wouldn't. Nope. So, yeah. Um, no, I agree with you. And um, I think she uh, overcomes her um, tragic kind of origin. Um, but there's still a part of her, which we've seen, as you mentioned, in the Avengers films, who... Um, it's like a dark shadow for her. She doesn't want to think about it. She doesn't mm -hmm. want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but she is very much her own agent. She can switch sides pretty fluidly with like, she, I think, sees different. <laughs> so um, the, the duplicity of women? No, I'm not talking about the duplicity of women. But I'm, I think it's there. I guess. I, Black Widow is a problematic character for me. Not in the general sense of problematic. It's she's problematic for me personally in that she is the best embodiment of all these horrible things. If they only existed in her, <sighs> yeah. it would be awesome and she'd be the best character ever. Mm -hmm. But instead, she's just the best expression of things that have been just way overused forever and ever and ever. I suppose. The Delilah, you know, you can't trust a woman, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that she's basically betrayed everybody she's ever worked with, you know. And every time you want her on your team because she's awesome, but right. when she's on your team, you're like, everybody keep an eye on her. I, I don't, know. Don't let her out of your sight. And I mean, I really I really enjoyed, in, in the cinematic universe, I really enjoy her relationship with Cap and with Falcon and how that grows um, and strengthens throughout the films. Yeah. Um, I do like how she has her own mind about things that she will look at a certain situation and weigh how she feels and then will react uh, accordingly. And it's the most, well, let's, I think, you know, the Sokovia Accords, I think is yeah. the best example. And mm -hmm. you've got Cap who's just going to do it. Yeah. We, we talk about how Cap's like, he does what he thinks is right. Right. But he's even, maybe he's not doing the America thing, but he's got this super ego external thing where he's like, I'm doing what the right thing is. Mm -hmm. And Tony's like, I'm doing the thing that's going to make me feel not guilty. And she's literally looking at it like, what's the thing that's not going to get me killed? You know right. what I mean? Or like, what's exactly. the thing that's going to make my life easier going forward? I don't believe in it necessarily, but it's just super practical. Right. And when you think about the characterization of women as, uh, of women as, be over being over emotional for you know hundreds of years of storytelling you got this character who's just like oh we're just gonna do this thing so we don't all get screwed on this deal right and i hate it but you know what can i do right we're stronger together than we are apart i think is some, a line that more or less she says so. yeah yeah i don't know if that's true but <laughs> but that's why it's an ironic delivery of the line my right. next one is donna noble from doctor who very nice there's a lot of companions that you could both add to this list and just write out <laughs> no no you know fault of theirs but just in the way they're written uh by men you would never make it on this list mm -hmm. but i think donna noble is probably uh, my favorite example of a companion who is not a great character when we first meet her she is a bad person she's not yeah and she is transformed 
not by her relationship with a man, because at this point, I think the doctor transcends sex, literally now, thank God, yes. finally. Mm-hmm. She is transformed by her connection to a paragon, you know, somebody who is better than her, or just, just a better person that encourages her and is an example, and transforms into a super, with a little uh, Gallifreyan DNA as well, but, you know, transforms into somebody who is reliable, capable, and also is retains that streak in her of that sort of F you, I'm going to do my own thing kind of thing. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, uh, my next choice is uh, Scully from the X-Files. Uh-huh. Um, I just think she's um, she's skeptical from day one. Uh, even at the end of the series, she's still kind of skeptical, even though some things have happened to her that have opened her eyes. Um, she is a good foil, I think, to Mulder, who just wants to believe and um I heard that. yeah <laughs> and is so um willing to believe in the unknown and that sort of thing and um she questions things and she's but she's also she's also very smart and independent and um is a good agent and uh and a doctor yeah and a doctor medical doctor um yes and uh, she just kind of is, uh, I think, a positive force in Mulder's life, which is kind of sad bachelor life. And um, I think that they make a an interesting pair, the two of them. And the second X-Files movie ruined it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second X-Files movie was not what very good. Thinking? I know. Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, and it has ex- inspired many, many characters mm-hmm. uh, since then. Um, we'll just grandfather or grandmother in Clarice Starling, I guess. Right. Because it's the same character, basically. Okay. But yeah, anyway, yeah, good one. Um, my last one, but not least, is Michael Burnham from okay. Star Trek Discovery. Very nice. A character who is, you want to talk about the apotheosis of uh, apotheosis of uh you know me wanting female characters to be treated like male characters with the same strengths and weaknesses who makes a huge mistake uh joe booth style uh, at the beginning of her storyline <laughs> and spends the entire rest of the time because maybe it's all about you don't know them anything thanks ma kent uh, maybe it's about convincing right. herself that she's not a bad person <laughs> but also yeah. the rest of the galaxy you mm-hmm. know and uh, kind of fixing the problem and going through a lot of doubt and betrayal and feeling weak and in the grand tradition of Star Trek, not having to do it by herself, being supported by her crew, her friends, you know, her family um, and using them as examples, you know, of lighting the way of where to go and and also coming up with a sort of unorthodox solution to her own Kobayashi Maru, you know, in the last episode. Uh, no spoilers, you haven't seen Discovery. Um, but definitely solving the problem in her own way. Again, by repeating the kind of same mistake or actions that she did at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season, but doing it in a recontextualized you know, way. Because the lesson that she learns is, you know, follow your orders. Right. So you think, as long as she sticks to that lesson, she'll be, she'll fine. be fine. And then she gets to the end of the season and it's like, 
following your orders would be the worst thing that you could do. Do yeah. I do what I did that got me into this mess in the first place? Yes, because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And now I know it is. Mm-hmm. Ugh, what a great character. <laughs> uh, go. Um, last one. My last one is uh, Sailor Moon. Um, okay. Uh, she, I mean, she is very girly, but um, she's <laughs> definitely flawed. She is not uh, very book smart. Um, <laughs> she, um, she. I hates, like a dumb lady. Well, she's. She, I would say she's. <laughs> That's a, just put that, I'm putting that in a quote. I'm a, I like a dumb lady. Just get us thrown off um, the internet. She like hates waking up in the morning. She's not a morning person. <laughs> she hates going to school. Um, but she cares so deeply about her friends yeah. and her family, and about saving the world and doing what's right and ridding the world of evil. Um, one one evil guy at a time. And uh, she has so much heart and um, she believes in her friends and everybody so much. Um, She gives her all Mm -hmm. and she's able to transform into this superhero character that she didn't know she had this inner strength, you know, and um, with her relationship with Luna, who's a talking cat, she, you know, learns the ropes and she learns she has these abilities that she didn't know that she had. Now, yeah, she... They go away when she smiles. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Um, and she finds some friends along the way and they fight together and they're stronger together than they are apart. Um, what if we reframed the... Obsessed. What if we reframed <laughs> the conversation as... It seems like this is a really grim character. Yeah. You know? I uh-huh. wonder what we're going to learn about Captain Marvel that has affected, I'm not going to use any pronouns, that has affected Captain Marvel so much right. that Marvel feels like smiling is not an option. Right. And what if it was reframed like that? Because you're asking me to, we just cut right back into the thing. Like I'm pushing on pause, unpause. <laughs> Because you're asking me to not see something that I see. Yes. Right? And yeah. that's what drives me crazy. That's what drives internet trolls crazy. Mm-hmm. I guess me being an internet troll. Um, so, I mean, like, just, you know, maybe the mistake in, on Marvel's part was setting it up where it could be framed as. Maybe there's a line from Samuel Jackson in the film is like, because he's just say like, I've, I know a soldier when I see one. Right. But it's like, I feel like, you know, but I can see that you've seen a lot. Right. With my two good eyes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or whatever. Anyway, uh, that's a great pick. Uh, I, uh, I've i said on the show before, I've just never pointed at a lady, so to speak, uh, Batman's Jack, that uh, <laughs> I love a buffoon. I love a buffoon yes. character. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, uh, yeah, that we can have a you know female buffoon. Yes. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Two great lists, if I do say so ourselves. I think, um, I think an so. honorable mention I'd throw on there, um, Lois Lane. Oh, yeah, for sure. I wanted on there, but the more I thought about it, I mean, not really the hero of the stories or the main character of the stories that she's in. Yeah. But I like, and also, you know, I like the fact that there's her boyfriend, okay, Uh, but the other character in the stories is the most powerful person ever, so compared to that, she has no power physically, Mm -hmm. but she's somebody who, and it hasn't always been this way, it is, I think, a good sign of the rising tide of feminism and equality that you can't write you couldn't write a Lois Lane story now 
like we had back in the day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you don't write her as being just unimpeachable, you know, character of completely um, having a total integrity, um, can't spell. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, yes. like if you didn't write her that way, people would not accept it. Mm-hmm. Even the sexist would be like, "What's wrong with Lois Lane? She's right. just looking at Superman's butt." What's this? You know, like <laughs> it is. This character has clawed her way out of Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane mm-hmm. comics to be the character that she is. Yeah. No, I know, would agree with that. Thanks to the men and women that have wrote her over the years. Yeah. So um, how'd we do? I think we I did feel pretty well. somewhat cleansed. Yeah. Um, I, I think we clawed our way out of the hole that is Brie Larson smiling. Um, so I think, you know, I think we did a pretty good job. Um, we'll we see. talked a lot of, about some really stellar characters. We'll see. Yeah. Try to heal this world a little <laughs> bit. I'm surprised that um, Ben Mendelssohn's not the, in the trailer. I am too. I mean, well, they're so not the, trying to keep it. He might have been in the background, right? but I mean, they didn't like uh, you know make a big deal out of it. So right. I don't know if they think they're going to trick us and like we're not paying attention to the casting notices. Like we'll think that oh hey, Rogue One's in this. Awesome. Right. He never plays a bad guy. <laughs> They'd be crazy yeah, if maybe, they thought yeah, they I would pull that over that. on yeah. us. Yeah. Anyway, um, looking forward to March. Yeah. First weekend of March. Right. Captain Marvel. That's right. Be there. Or be smile. square. Oh. <laughs> bent your ear your pointed green ear and your ripply chin how are they gonna explain that i don't know because you've already got thanos yeah i know i jim starlin must have been reading a lot of fantastic four comics when he designed thanos i think there's some in-world universe explanation as to why he has the same chin as a scroll but i always thought he was a scroll when i was growing up but not a scroll huh he is um an eternal right or he lives on titan yes um, so we'll figure that out. And do you think, uh, just a little parting, well, let me give the particulars and you think about this question. Okay. What does the fact that you have aliens that can look like anybody mean for the characters that we've already met in the Marvel universe? While she thinks about that, I'll tell you that Ooh. you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter and all those places. We want to hear from you. You know, we talk about this and sometimes it feels like, shouting down a well about this kind of stuff. But we do want to create a conversation and we're open to all reasonable opinions yes. about these topics because, you know, talking about things makes things better. So find us there. You can also find us on all the streaming services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. When you find us on there, hey, guess what? Subscribe to the show. Then you know when the show comes out and you get it as soon as it's ready. You can also give us a review. Be kind. We really don't want, we don't think the smile thing is a big deal. (laughs) Don't judge us. A lot of this has been having fun. Uh, But seriously, though, we want to know what you think about the show and what you want us to talk about next. So tell us on the intertubes and give us a rating when you're there. Most important thing, most important thing. That's how we move up in the ranks with a high rating. All those services know that we are doing a good job and we can bring more people to you. We brought, we are... Moving people. We are human traffickers now. We, <laughs> we get exposed to more people like Batman, and then we can reach more people, and everybody gets what they want. So give us five assault charges brought by old ladies on trains. Oh, no. 
against Captain Marvel. <laughs> well, so your question earlier, I mean, really, a Skrull could be anybody, which is absolutely terrifying. Yes. Um, I don't know how she knows that old lady is a Skrull. Is it because she smiles at her? Oh, okay. You did it. <laughs> I did it. I did it. It was me. Um, Do you think they picked an old lady because, cause, I mean, if okay, they're smart. If they're anticipating the smile thing, you're right. <laughs> But if you're right, you think they'd have more to roll out than just an old lady. Shut up, guys. I guess they had the Photoshop stuff because Brie Larson didn't do those Photoshops. No. Or is it what's the last thing? I mean, she couldn't punch a puppy. We wouldn't accept that. No, we would not. What's the last thing in the world that she could punch? And we'd be like, whoa, an old lady. Right. Yeah. But you're going to find out. That old lady is a gross alien. Yes. But who else among us is a gross alien? I know. It could literally be anybody. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, Loki could have been a scroll. Um, but he's kind of, you know, he's Loki anyways. Um, what if, like, you know, Falcon turns up to be a scroll or something <gasps> like that? No. That'd be terrible. Yeah. Um, or or Bucky or... Um, uh, or Scarlet Witch or something like that. If he was a scroll. Is is it the scroll that is that d- disappears then? Right, and then is also comes back. Like it doesn't really matter. The, the gauntlet <laughs> doesn't care. It's just getting getting rid of half the people. No, the so. gauntlet. You're right. The gauntlet yeah. does not care. All right. Well, we're taking taking hits, taking yeah. bets because mm-hmm. you can't. You don't introduce that, and then also have a storyline like Secret Invasion in the wings, without having, having some people that, be so. scrolls. Yeah. yeah. What if it's like Anita Hill or something? Who cares. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Well, she should have more to do as well. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it doesn't not going to affect anything. I guess not. And I think it, that she was in the comic, I think. Oh, Don't okay. Don't on that, but we'll see. All right. So anyway, uh, let us know if you know if Anita Hill was a squirrel or not. <laughs> and in the meantime, we'll be back next week talking about something else. Until then, we're signing off from your host, Cal- I am your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mika You are Hanna. Mika Hanna. Keep the geek fires burning. <laughs>